Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It is a very jam-packed show for you because we do got a lot of stuff we got to talk about today. But we're going to start off with, as usual, introducing me, who is never prepped for this. I am your host, Mark Williams. Everything else I'm prepped for, not really this. But I'm also joined by the host of The Final Buzzer with John Fulkowski. I think it's John Fulkowski. Um... I think it's me. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, I know. That's that's the hard part sometimes to come up with something on, on these days. By the way, after most Ranger games, you can watch the final buzzer with the gentleman to my left over here. And you can see moments like this one. And... Maybe maybe Vitalik Kravtsov could help. And this team needed to get the crap kicked out of it. Uh, I, I know I forgot to mention Ryan Strom in there. DeAndre Miller and Jacob Truba have been awful defensively. They're one of the worst pairs in the league defensively. They have to be. Because every time they're out there, they're getting hemmed in their own zone. They can't break the puck out properly. And they give up high-danger scoring chances against out the wazoo. I know so sometimes you hear two, people say things like sit or cut, something. It, cut the other thing. Oh, I'm, I already, I'm on. I know I hear people that sometimes say, Oh, I can't stand you crapping on our team. No, honest critiques is not, is that crapping on your team? That's, that's, that's not it in any way. And there needs, we need to do some honest critiques. And that's what we're going to do right now because this week was terrible for the New York Rangers. And I'm one of those guys that says, Oh, it's just a game. Don't worry about it. But, uh, we're going to get to that in about five seconds. But first, also to let you guys know, March 21st, we are going to be doing a trade deadline special streaming on that. It might be a four-hour stream. It might be a, a stream that begins at one. I don't know yet. Either noon or one o'clock. We're figuring that out by next week. But, Philk, they're still, they're right. well, they were in second place up until last night. I, had to, I have to fix this because now they're, they're in third because the Penguins won. Um, goal differential still looks good, but what's your thoughts on the Rangers this week? Complete and utter garbage. I mean, a flaming bag of dog shit placed on somebody's step while playing a game of ding dong ditch. <clears throat> I, I just, I don't understand how this team could come out so porously on defense and um, just give the efforts they've given. Like, I, I understand Alexander Georgiev is not good. He's not. I, I I know he's one of those guys that needs to be playing, um, you know, a bunch of starts in order to be effective. But at the same time, you know, if you want those starts, you, you've got to play well when you get your limited chances. And he hasn't done that any time lately. I get it. The The Minnesota game was – or not, not the Minnesota game. The game before the Minnesota game – he actually had a month off. Uh, he, he, it was January 27th, and his next start was February 27th. It was a month exactly between starts. But you got to keep yourself ready, and he shows no, he shows no willingness to do so. It's a, it's a, it's a complete dereliction of duty on his part. Completely irresponsible for him to come in and and be letting up goals the way that he lets up goals. Like, what are you doing? Like basic fundamentals. Like I know anybody. Richie Longo, if you're here watching, I, I know that 
you and I constantly talk about goaltending and stuff like that because I had known you forever and you play goalie. But I mean, other other people I even know that I that I've played with playing goalie saying like, what the hell is he doing? Like the like the the fundamentals are so poor with Alexander Georgiev on these goals that you're just like, how did he even get to this level? And and you know it's not Benoit Lair. You know it's not Benoit Lair because Benoit Lair is the best in the business at what he does and yep. has been for a long time. But. When you see Georgiev coming in, giving up these goals and so on, and then Igor comes in and he plays like the way he does, and then this team comes out and gives him the effort that they gave him on Thursday, Gerard Gallant's right. They should be absolutely embarrassed with the way that they played in front of Igor Shosturkin. They don't deserve his effort. They don't. Enough is enough of this crap. Get your heads together. Pull them out of your asses and start playing hockey like you care. Enough, enough, enough of guys like Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba, Dryden Hunt, Greg McKegg, Julian Gauthier. Enough. You guys shouldn't have the job security that you have because you don't pull your own weight. And that's a big problem with this team. Half of the team is not pulling its own weight. And you're not going to win a playoff round. What did we talk about when everything happened last year, Mark? With with, with the whole accountability. Whole I think that was one of the things we talked about a lot. What, no, but the other thing that we talked about with the direction of the team. What did it feel like was happening? It felt like it was going backwards. It felt like nobody was developing. What did it feel like Dolan wanted? Dolan wanted them to uh, make the playoffs. And uh, hella high water. You're, do that. You're getting closer to the point. I'm yeah, getting trying right. to think of where you're going. We said a lot of stuff. Dolan wants this team to win sooner than later. Yes, that's true. And the problem is, is that you can't have a team that's going to win sooner than later when you have AHL talent in your lineup. If yeah. you want to tell me that I'm crapping on this team, go right ahead. I don't care if I sound like I just chugged a freaking three liter bottle of Haterade. I don't care because I'm telling the goddamn truth. It's enough. By the way, do they sell three liter bottles anymore? I I I don't know. Three, four, five. I don't care. I'll ch- I'll chug a, a haterade cooler's worth of haterade if that if if honestly critiquing this team is drinking the haterade. Fine, fine. Call me well, the hater again. Being honest about it is not a problem. You get you, some of the diehard fans. Want to just they, they they would shit on Henrik Lundqvist, like stop people. That's that's one of the ones you don't have to you don't have to shit on. But the the thing about what this team um needed this week, they needed this week, they needed a reality check, and some of it is. By the way, yes, Igor Sesterkin, uh, he had the worst game of his career the other night, and. Yeah. Barry's right. And then this yeah, comment yeah. from Richard, he only plays well when Igor is hurt. That's another one. No, because he because look, he, he knows he has the crease. First off, let me get on let me get on Georgiev. Georgiev went to the Maggie Simpson school of goaltending the other night. What the hell was it where he fell down? He, he you're going post the post you're going post the post. It's a simple push off. I did it. And I was I played I played goal once. 
I mean, I was a deck hockey goalie. That's a different story. But it's still, it's, well, I mean, but I played ice one game. So I was able to do that. So Georgiev, an NHL goalie did that? That's the equivalent of tripping over the blue line. And now going back to what Georgiev's saying, he's got to be sharp because he doesn't play in the month. Yeah, you know what? There's a difference between being sharp and being outright bad. He's, he's, he's bad. He's very bad. And by the way, it wasn't a month because he played the Vancouver game. And he was terrible in that. Here, here's the problem. I see this comment right here from David. This team is playing with house money right now. You're wrong. And I'll tell you why you're wrong. This team has four more years left of Artemi Panarin in his, like, prime years. Mm-hmm. You have three more years left of Igor Shesterkin at a steal of an AAV. Igor Shesterkin on his next deal could easily command twice the salary, twice the AAV that he's commanding right now. What happens when those two things happen? You have to win within these next three to four and, years. And you know what, Phil? Let, let me go further with that. You're going to get Capococco with cheap money because let's say he does put it together. Alexei Lafreniere, let's say they do put it together. And I know when people are saying they're disappointments, but here's the deal. They're not getting prime playing time. They're just not. You're they're not, not developing these guys. And then you got, the Tally Kratzoff is coming back in a month like it or not, he's going to be there because the Rangers need him. He needs to build up his tri- his value for other teams to see him. And I'll go back to number one, the Rangers need him. So first things first, but going back to Georgiev, I've always said Georgiev was just a good student of Ben Waller. Oh, we haven't seen that before, right? Steve Valaket, Marty Biron, uh, Cam Talbot, you know, the Vesna trophy winner every single year, according to Ranger fans, because they, he was the guy they should have kept instead of uh, Henrik Lundqvist. So I hear people stupid enough to say that. Then you have Auntie Ranta, who, you know, got to start a job over in Arizona and never really materialized after that. There are lots of guys that the Rangers got rid of. Let's not talk about them like they're the greatest things ever. Cam Talbot's on his fourth different organization since leaving the New York Rangers. And... I mean, he got one Vesna trophy vote in 2015. Ooh, okay. The Rangers gave up on him. So it's just, again, he's a great student of a great goalie coach. And the best student is the one that's going to the Hall of Fame. So stop. Georgiev, they should have traded him two years ago. Kept Henrik Lundqvist for his final year. Thank God they didn't because then they would have he would have figured out his health problems. But it's just... It, it, it boggles my mind how people are thinking, and we're going to go back to Georgiev in a moment, but Georgiev, there are people that think he's actually on the goaltending trade radar. Are you kidding? He's up there with Marc-Andre Fleury and Simeon Verlamov? That's what the media is throwing around, and the fans are trying to buy into it. But, oh, my I God. Mean, I don't – again – We'll we'll talk more about that later. But I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to you again, David. You're you're saying that this team wasn't a Stanley Cup contender in the beginning of the year, and the people, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but you don't realize how short of a window this team actually has. Or in pro and that's sports. why we're not playing with house money. Yeah, we or have pro sports. It's that that's what it is. That's why if there is a big move made by March 21st by next Monday. I'm not going to be shocked one bit because of the fact that this team has to win within the next three seasons. 
That's why if you told me that you were going to trade one of those, if you were going to trade Capo Caco for Mark Shifley, I mean, not that I think that it's the best idea in the world, but if they went and did it, wouldn't shock me one bit. Wouldn't I'll tell you what. Bit. I'll tell you what. One thing I was shocked to see, because I thought he was better defensively than I thought, but my God, Mark Shifley doesn't play any defense. No. He's actually worst in the league in wins above replacement. Worst. I did not know that. And I yeah, think he's not a good defensive player, but he he's an absolute needle mover on defense as opposed to as a, as opposed to Ryan Strom on on offense. I should say he's an absolute needle mover as opposed to Ryan Strom. But yeah, I, you know what? If if the Rangers are going to go get someone, I mean, Tomas Hartle would be the guy. Yeah, he, he would and, be and the look, guy. you know my opinion. I go with the third liners. Build up that third line because that third line is completely invisible. You uh, need five-on-five five offense. Oh, my God. One reason why they don't have five-on-five five offense is because they, 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 they can't get that third line going. And then who's going to do that from the third line? And and by the way, we do have the the, the Igor Sesterkin topic we need to get to in a moment. But by the way, one reason why Phil and I are fired up, and also another reason why I keep saying Tyler Kratzoff is going to play games again, is because I don't know Dryden Hunt. Maybe they could hit an empty net where the goalie's not looking. That was one of the – speaking about the Georgiev play, that was one of the worst plays I've ever seen. Dryden Hunt shot it into Billy Huso's pad. He's facing the other way. Yeah, he didn't even get to react by the time the puck hit his pad. That's how you know Dryden Hunt literally shot it into him. And think about this. And again, again, we've all played hockey games that started out one nothing and ended up seven one loss. But this particular moment, Hunt puts that puck in the net. The Rangers are up one nothing, and the ice was totally slanted over there. Momentum completely changes. Now they go back the other way, make it one nothing because your defense totally. Or uh, here, here's another thing that could have changed the game. How about you call the blatant trip by Ryan O'Reilly on Keandre Miller? Because right when that penalty would have ended. That was when St. Louis scored the goal. It's it's oh, that that was a burn the tape. Uh, I, I have no problem with that. But I'm referee, I see nothing. I have no vision because I'm Stevie Wonder. And now, by the way, uh, just to throw something else out, Phil was talking about prime years. Prime years for Mika Zibanejad. They're getting the best year of Chris Kreider's career. You gotta you gotta capitalize all this. And Ryan Strom next year when he says. Oh, I want to. Get, I want to get six or seven million. <laughs> I want nothing to do with Ryan Strom at seven million dollars. Yeah. Goodbye, buddy. Sayonara. As Good as I said player. on one of your one of your things, I texted out Ryan Strom. This is the type of player he is. And again, the Rangers got a bargain with him. They made a great trade, but he took two penalties to end a period. How the hell, statistically speaking, is that even possible? And you know so, what? They were they were two lazy, undisciplined, and sloppy penalties that he took because of his own boneheaded mistakes, and he never got one bit of punishment for it. But Zach Jones can breathe the wrong way. Yeah. Buster Hartford. Keandre Miller can, can make... Four to five egregious mistakes per game. Nothing. And part of the problem in this stretch of games they have is that they do have the Dallas Stars coming up tonight. You have the St. Louis Blues who were hot. They came into the Garden, and the Rangers came back and won against them. You have the Minnesota Wild who were hot. 
came in and then they're not right now, but they came into the garden uh, on Henrik Lundqvist night, came back, won that game. By the way, that's still controversial fashion at the end that that wasn't pushing Cam Talbot's pad. And then lastly, tonight you get the Dallas Stars. You might be a one a, of three. Bro- there might be a one of three. Why, why are they? Why are they sitting Morgan Barron? Like he's clearly a better. Not that I'm saying Morgan Barron has been great because he's just kind of he's been there. Eh, eh, yeah, there. You know, but he's still a better option than the other garbage they've been pushing in this lineup. Like Dryden Hunt needs to sit. He can't play. That's for damn sure. And you know what? Again, I I said. Back in December, I was starting to buy in that they were making him into a Riley Smith clone. Nope. That's nope. long gone. We've I've talked about that for the last uh six weeks. That he's dry dry to hunt. No, you're not any good. Sorry. I mean, face facts. So today, today, tonight the Rangers take on the Dallas Stars, and you're talking about one of the hottest teams in the NHL, plus one of the the best players in the NHL. More on him in a moment. But um, but you're 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 there's a caveat there. No Miro Heiskanen. That's good too. Yeah, he's he's dealing with mononucleosis. So their best defenseman is out of the lineup. So this is a team that you have. Yeah, they're they're a hot team, but you have to beat this team now. So we've I've talked about this statistic every single week, and I can't help but have to do this. But, Phil, who was the last goalie to win the Hart Trophy? Carey Price, 2015. Yeah, he actually beat Alexander Ovechkin, John Tavares, and this is something I didn't know about that year. Devin Dubinick took fourth place. So you actually had two goaltenders in the top four. Hard to believe that. But if you look at his numbers that year, 933 save percentage, 1.96 goals against. Igor Sesterkin has won 24 games this season when the Rangers have been outshot. And, I mean, the 2.02, ooh, he's over two goals against for the first time in a while. Um, And his save percentage are better. He was actually 1.93, I believe, going into the St. Louis game. Um, But you got to compare these two things. And, you know, there's another name entering the Hart Trophy race right now. He was probably there all along, by the way, Austin Matthews. But, is, I mean, you look at those numbers. You got to put Igor Sesterkin as the MVP. Or do you look over at that year and go, Ovechkin and Tavares, eh, it, he took it in a weak year, like Jose Theodore did? Carey Price, well, I was just going to say the last goalie to win it before Carey Price was also a Montreal Canadiens goalie was Jose Theodore in 2002. And if if Jerome McGinley and the Flames would have made the playoffs in 2002, Jerome McGinley probably would have won the Hart Trophy. Because yeah. he was playing with Craig Conroy as his as his center. <laughs> and Craig Conroy, if anybody remembers Craig Conroy, his career before the Calgary Flames, before that season, he was playing as a third-line center in St. Louis. Then St. Louis had a good team back then. They had Doug Waite. They had Pierre Tarjan, guys like that. Um, but, yeah, that was a weak year in 2002. This was another weak year in 2015. This is actually a very strong year in 2022. Um, you have Jonathan Huberdeau, or Justin Huberdeau, as Mark likes to call him. Um, One slip of the tongue, I'll always be remember that. Oh, we'll always remember that. Justin Huberdeau, as Mark likes to call him. 
Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing it in the comment section, so that's why I, I did it because the comment <laughs> section was even bringing it up. By um, the way, that'll eventually be one of our Big Apple Hockey t-shirts. Yeah, and it's going to have your face on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Huberto, you, you have Johnny Gaudreau's having a great year. Um, Austin Matthews, you want to talk about Austin Matthews in the MVP conversation? Sure, I think he deserves to be there. Do I think he's the MVP? No. Um, I don't think Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl are going to get it just because of the fact that these other guys are having better years than him. or, or no, Not statistically, but they're putting up very, very big numbers with, uh, with l- less around them, if you will, less talent. So, But Igor Shosturkin is dragging the Rangers on his back. And these games are just showing it because the defense is just so damn porous. It's so bad. And I mean, Rick actually brings up a, a good point here. Have the players tuned out Gallant? I don't think they have, but I don't think they have. I think they're in the dog days right now. What's that? They're in the dog days of the season. Yeah, it, it happens. It happens to everybody. I mean, the dog days of summer in baseball is an expression for a reason because it, it by the time you get to August, you're just worn down from the season. You're not playing on adrenaline anymore. And uh, sometimes it just you, you're just in the middle of the season and you don't have anything fired up on. They're waiting to see where they're going to be at the trade deadline. Some of those guys know that they're going to get moved or they're thinking about it. Um, Filipino certainly has to be thinking about it because he's the number one name out there for the Rangers. There's look, there, there's a re- I don't think they tuned out a lot. Not yet. I don't think so either. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, I, I think that Gallant has not been hard enough on these guys. I don't think he's he, – he, he has more of a laissez-faire type approach with, with teams. And I think just like Vigneault did. But um, I, I think that's really the downfall right now is I don't think he's been hard enough. I don't think he's been enough of a disciplinarian. I think that he's too much of a player's coach at times, and that's what's gotten him in trouble in the, in the past. So I, I think that with his comments the other day after Thursday night's game and just said that they, they was flat out embarrassing and that they should be embarrassed, I, I think that was, uh, you know, I, I think that was good. I think that was real good for him to come out and say that. And now let's just see if uh, if he starts holding players accountable for their poor performances. But again, it's just you can't help but look at this season and go, like I thought the most dominant goaltending season – I've seen in a long time was Henrik Lundqvist in 2012. Uh, we'll, we'll go with by a ranger. We'll use that term. And he had a sub two goals against, I think it was 1.92 and an outrageous save percentage, like nine to nine. I mean, I'm doing this. Yeah. Time, it was right? like nine to nine. It wasn't, it, it was, was like just nine under nine. Um, And I've seen Henrik have great months like that, that carried the Rangers like 2010 when he should have been, uh, more of a consideration for the Vesna, but yeah, the the thing about it is this season, like just Igor is just uh, he, he, this is the first uh, this is the um, sixth time this year he's let up uh, th- uh, three or more goals in a game. Yeah, only he's got some outrageous numbers. Here's the he's- craziest part: if you if you look at like the analytics side of it, they are bot in the bottom percentile of the league in five-on-five and even strength offense. Um, Chances for they're near the bottom of the league. 
uh, chances against they're near the top of the league, high danger chances against they're near the top of the league. So Igor is getting very little help. This team is scoring a majority of their goals on the power play. And they seem to want to play off the rush offense like in David Quinn's system because now we're hearing things about Artemi Panarin may feel constrained by, by Gerard Gallant's system. Well, I can tell you right, right now, David Quinn's system sucked. It doesn't work in the playoffs. You're not going to win by generating rush offense in the playoffs because teams play tighter. So you're going to have to learn how to cycle the puck down low, win battles along the boards, win 50-50 battles. That's how you're going to win in the playoffs. So if Artemi Panarin is having a, 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 a tough time with that, and it's not the fact that Ryan Strome and Dryden Hunt are more useless than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, then um, there's a big problem for this team, a real big problem. Uh, I would have to remind Artemi this. What was the one year of his career that he had any playoff success? 2019 with John Tortorella in Columbus. And they beat the best team, statistically speaking, in the regular season, possibly of all time. And yeah. they swept them. And, and, and I'm glad Michael made this comment. I love you, Michael. I really do. I'm glad you made this comment. Tough with 62 points, right? You look yeah. on the surface, you think that's not bad, right? Take a look at Artemi Panarin's numbers and go take a look at his points per game in, in his three seasons with the Rangers. And then come back to me and tell me that this is not a significant drop-off in play. If you watch him on a nightly basis, tell me that there's not something there's, up there's there, there's a drop off like the last three seasons under or sorry the last two seasons under Quinn you're watching them and you're just going this guy dominates every single game you're not seeing that this year nope and I'm not doing it I'm not saying that to slam him I'm just saying that you know it, it's it's you got to be more than just an accessory and you got to be more than just your uh, Ryan Strom's running mate so it's 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 you, you go out, you get, let's say, for instance, a Tomas Hurdle or a anybody else that could put the puck in the net. And that Panera might just open up. But again, going back to Igor, you look at these numbers. His his numbers are just they're that they're that amazing because 24, 24 wins, he's got 28 wins on the season. And 24 of those wins, they were outshot. It's unbelievable. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some numbers here. Let's have some fun with this. So mm -hmm. um, in 2020, Artemi Panarin's first season with the Rangers, the one where he should have probably won MVP, 1.376, so like 1.38 points per game. Let's just say because we're going to round up there. And then Quinn's last year, uh, last year in 2021, 58 points in 42 games. 1.38 points per game. The nearly the same exact points per game. Now, 63 points in 53 games. 1188. That is near a 0.2 drop off in points per game. And I'm and I listen, I, I get it. There I would have to do I would have to delve more into those statistics, but let me also throw this one out at you. Uh, 2010, Marion Gabrick. 
that a lot of people are, no, sorry, 2011 Marion Gabrick. I mean, uh, well, because 2010, he scored 40 goals. 2011, he went down to 22. And your first thought is, oh, that's just not that much of a drop off. He's fine. He had a, a four goal game and two hat tricks that season. So 10 of those 22 goals were in three games. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's where you have to analyze some of these statistics. There are times where Panarin will have three assists and then not do anything the rest of the week. And yeah. again, it's Artemi Panarin's a superstar for a reason. He's supposed to be able to, 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 to work this all the time, uh, to just work a game and be better. But he's a good defensive player. He's played in, in this, in a system like this before. Come on. Here's the other thing. I, I, I was doing numbers on Ryan Strom as we were, as you were speaking, and I, I did his points per game numbers. Ryan Strom in 2020, 59 points in 70 games, 0.84 points per game. 2021, 49 points in 56 games, 0.875. So his actually went with an uptick while Panarin stayed at the same from 2020 to 2021. Ryan Strom this year, 41 points in 54 games, 0.75. So that's about a a 0.1 drop-off in points per game. Not only that, but Ryan Strom has just been terrible defensively this year. Oh, terrible. Um, This year? Yeah. I think the the operative word isn't this year. I think he's just terrible defensively. Uh, I, I think last year he started playing better defense, and then earlier on this year he was playing a little better defensively. And even when Panarin was out for that very brief time and he played with Lafreniere and Goudreau. Um, he had his best game of the season. Or, yeah, uh, he, had, he, had, he had a really good small stretch there, and it looked like maybe Ryan Strom was turning a corner. No, it, it, it's, it's bad. Like, th- this is – and, and you know what? This is actually a really good question from David. What would Ryan Strom's points per game be if he didn't miss those open nets? <laughs> now, you know what? It's a funny question, but it's also a good question to ask because he could probably have about five, six more points. In fairness to Ryan Strom, one of those empty nets was in the shootout. So, so it doesn't count. Counting, even though that I think, even though I do think that as I, I've discussed this with Statboy Steven, um, shootout winners should count as goals for players. I think there's no reason to not have them count as goals for players. What do you do when a team uh, wins a shootout to nothing? The the first goal Little is piece. the winner. Just just like just like in a game where you win a game to nothing and there are two two goals in in regulation, the first the first one is the game winner. All right, I, I can see that. I can see that. And you know what? Here's another great point from Richard. Crazy Artemi played better last year with Blackwell. Who thought that Colin Blackwell, I'm not, not that I'm calling for Colin Blackwell back, not that he's a savior, but who thought that Colin Blackwell would be a better option for that line than Dryden Hunt? Yeah. That just goes to show you how bad Dryden Hunt is. I'll just, I've had enough of Dryden Hunt. (laughs) I can't say that enough. And, and again, I'll be an apologist for this team plenty of times, but it's, yeah. I mean, they put Ryan Reeves on that that line at one point 
uh, in the St. Louis game. What the hell was that going to accomplish? And what the hell was Ryan Reeves on the first line going to accomplish? Right. I mean, I, look, I think Gerard was uh, was trying to push some. Uh, thank oh. you, Chris. By thank the way. you, Chris. By the we way, Chris, Chris and I were texted back and forth to each other uh, during that game. The amount of disgust. <laughs> just the amount of disgust. I don't, I don't blame you one bit, Chris. I, I was just as disgusted in that game. But, uh, again, seeing just seeing Alexander Georgiev fall down, and we're going to get more to him in, uh, in a minute, trying to milk this uh, about another 10 more minutes because uh, we're going to have Anthony coming on soon. But we're, we're probably going to start the bar talk segment uh, before he gets on. But um, the it's uh, finishing up with Igor, just he's got to be the MVP. You compare those numbers with Carey Price in, in 2015, they're right there. So they're better. Yeah. The I mean, goals the stage, against it now because of one bad game is now ballooned a little bit. Yeah. But even when it's ballooned a little bit, it's still 2-0-2. Like, all he has to do is just have another stretch of three or four games where he's his one, maybe two-goal self, and and we go right back to where we were. And yeah. we're, we're still we're still talking about this guy in prime Dominic Koshik 97-98 conversation again. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's – but I'll tell you what. That's what – when the Rangers – are playing their best is because they're confident that they got Igor back there. He can make a save. And it's, it's weird when you get like that St. Louis moment where they, uh, they, they scored three goals in under two minutes. And that was last week, not this week, but still. Yeah. And this, this pissed me off too. They put Reeves on the first line against Minnesota, which is actually a winnable game. That game was, was tied. And then they gave up the goal to like, a minute later. To yeah, on the power play. Game. I think it was Fiala that scored it. Yeah, it just – but, yeah, that, that that game was – if Igor was in that game, they would have won that game. They yeah. really would have. But you can't that, play Igor every single game. No, but you can't. And that's why you got to have a backup that can come in and not look like he has two left feet playing in net. And, and that's why I'm saying at this point, you know what? I vouched for Georgiev being this team's backup for a very long time. And I, you know me, I'm not high on Kincaid. I don't think much of him. But is there really that much of a difference between uh, Georgiev uh, with limited starts and Kincaid at this point? Because I don't think there is anymore. Uh, again, again, if Alexander Georgiev thinks he's going to go elsewhere and become a starter in this league and, and a, an effective starter, not just like, I don't know, a, trying to pick a bad goalie at the moment that's not named Georgiev, but no, he's, he's not. And we're going to talk, actually, you know what? We're just going to continue the conversation on Georgiev and just finish that up. Guys, what do you think? Is Igor Sturkin the MVP? Um, he's certainly comparing those numbers with Carey Price. It looks like he is. Throw it all down in the comments below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also recommending us to your friends because, after all, sharing Big Apple Hockey is the best. All right, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cancel this, and we're just gonna go straight to the bar talk. We're gonna have uh, some Islander stuff to talk about because we're just gonna talk about the other Russian goaltender out there when Anthony gets on. Thank you. For and that. I that was. there we go. Uh, of course, I 
stop. Why is this moving around? I'm going to take a shot on this one. I'm going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh my God. I don't know who liked this on Facebook, but thank you very much as well. Guys, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Needs Are you so vodka. confident you're buying everybody around? Needs. You really vodka. just need a shot. Or so-so. I'll just take a beer on that. Anyone um, have vodka for me? <laughs> yeah, you might need that. By the way, uh, again, I'll, I'll mention this yet again. You see some of that footage of uh, Mr. John Falkowski, and you can't help but look at him right now and go, hey, how you doing there, Slim? So, and also, so again, sticking with what we were talking about just a moment ago, the New York Rangers can move Alexander Georgiev. I'm going to say beer. Uh, I just, I don't know who wants him at this point. I keep seeing his name on the trade bait boards and stuff like that. But I, I just, this last three starts have been brutal. Like, and he's not going to get the starts that he needs here in New York in order to kind of boost his trade value. So what exactly are you getting for him? I mean, I, I would, I want him gone. I, I just, I'm tired of seeing him sulk. I'm tired of seeing his pissy attitude when Igor wins a game. And, yep. and he just like, I'm not the starter. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Like, seriously. I'm just tired of it. You know what? I hate to turn around and say maybe Tony D'Angelo was right, but I'm really starting to think that Alexander Georgiev was the problem here. Because this guy does nothing but shit the bed in his starts. And then he turns around and sulks when his, his battery mate wins. So yeah, I think this guy is just, he's really the problem. And they need to get rid of him. They need to get rid of him. He needs to move on for his own sake. He, need, he needs to move on for the team's sake. But I just don't know who gives up anything for him at this point. So, beer. Uh, I, and again, I'm going to go with shot. So we're going to start with that one. And... It's just one of those things of, all right, how was he on the trade deadline boards? How? Because you mean to tell me, if you're if you're a competing team, if you're a contending team for the Stanley Cup, let's say the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're calling up the Chicago Blackhawks and trying to convince Marc-Andre Fleury to waive that no-move clause and uh, get it, or because Toronto's supposedly on the list of teams he doesn't want to go to. So anyway, you're trying to get that to happen. That doesn't happen. You turn, you call up Lou Lamarillo. And then say, what do you want for Simeon Morlamov? If that doesn't work, there's got to be a better option than, than Alexander Gary. Morlamov said he won't wait for Edmonton. Yeah. And if you're the Edmonton Oilers, Georgiev's going to be better than Miko Koskinen. I mean, they're basically the same goalie. They get off their angles and then they lose all the confidence. And, but the difference is, is that one of them is a hell of a lot younger and there's maybe some room to correct things with. Um, he's also proven that with starts, he's better than Miko Koskinen with starts. Yeah. Uh, Miko Koskinen is the opposite. Uh, you, you give Miko Koskinen more starts, they just go, all right, that's where we're shooting on him. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in the Edmonton goaltending situation either. 
which is which is also funny. All right. Brock Nelson can be a number one center. Shot. Can I go shot? Just right. I, I, I I like him as a number two, but he's never put up anywhere near the offensive numbers to ever even have this conversation about him being a number one center. I mean, he's got 32 points in what how many games? I, I think uh, like he was injured for a little bit, but I think it's uh like I think 50 it's like games. Yeah. Something like that. I I mean I would have to look up the 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 exact numbers to and I'm doing that right now. But um it, it just it's it's not I don't see what Brock Nelson has ever done to um ever establish himself as a number one center. And I listen, I get it. The Islanders don't exactly have a, a legitimate top end number one center. I'm not trying to crap on Matt Barzell. And we're not trying to crap off crap on Brock Nelson on this either. I either, but I, I just it, it, for 34 points in 46 games for Brock Nelson. And that it's, that's about what, like a 60 point pace, I would say. Yeah. Points. And most of these are goals. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think if you're a number yeah, one, 60 points, exactly. Yeah. 60, 60.6. So, it's a 60-point pace, but, like, in today's day and age, you need your number one center to be scoring more than 60 points on the nose. So, I just – And I'm going to go shot, too. Uh, the reason why he's ideally a number two. Uh, to, to be honest, this question's a little bit unfair to Brock Nelson because I wanted to talk about Brock Nelson in a positive light, but, uh, he look, the way the Islanders play, he could actually move to the number one spot. But uh, – and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of with Chris on this because you know I'm not a fan of Josh Bailey because I think Josh Bailey's really not that good of a player. But I, I mean, he does have a player that's really not pulling his own weight, like holding him down a bit. And his other and his other guy is Anthony Bovillier, and who also has not been pulling his own weight this year. Uh, Anthony Bovillier is looks at Chris Kreider, uh, sorry, last year's Chris Kreider, and says, "Wow, uh, that guy's pretty consistent." <laughs> Um, I, I, I love Chris Kreider. He could always be streaky, but, uh, and then I'm ready for him to get his 40th goal of the season. So hopefully that'll, that'll happen tonight with a pair of goals. Um, but no, it's, he, he's, he's an ideal number two. He matches up great against other teams, top lines. Yeah. No, he's, he's an ideal. He's a very, two. he's one of the better number two centers in the league, which again, Anthony, I were, I were talking about this. I'm like, I'm going to go with this question. But we all know what the answer is, so that's it. Philk, did you ever go someplace and have to eat some crow? Besides the internet, where we always have to go every Saturday. But you just have to go someplace like Buckner going back to Shea. You ever feel like that? Brennan Hoffman? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I ate a lot of crow on that one. All right. Well, you haven't haven't yet because he hasn't played a game yet. But Thursday night... Buffalo hosted Jack Eichel for the first time since the trade. Jack Eichel deserves all the booze Thursday night, Phil. And I'm going to buy everybody around on this one uh, because I was actually a defender of Jack Eichel's with all this. But look, even Wayne Gretzky got booed going uh, after he returned to Edmonton for a, for a short time. Guys are going to get booed because you're not on my team. That's what it really is. But... Then Jack Eichel made this statement after the game. It was the loudest I've ever heard that building 
it only took them seven years. And also, some people cheered, some people booed me, but I guess they still would rather have me on the team. Wow. Uh, that's that's certainly the turning the other cheek. Uh, it, all right. So you're you're in what context are you saying deserve the booze? Because like you're I, I, I felt like I sort of get what you were going that. And then you kind of changed everything up by saying, oh, well, he deserved the booze because he's playing on the other team. So what like where are we going with this? OK, so I'll clarify. Um, Eichel deserved the booze for the way the trade request and everything went down. Uh, shot. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, he gave, he gave that organization everything. And then he wanted them to go out and make moves and improve the team, which was clearly the agenda we said that when he went out and got, they went out and got Skinner. They went out and got Hall. Like, you know, th- those were moves that were clearly made to appease Jack Eichel. Because Jack Eichel, you could tell, was unhappy about not winning. And this team made no strides. Team made no strides in the entire time that he was there. Um, and then you, you, you see what happened with the injury and the way that they handled the injury. And they wouldn't let him get the surgery and everything like that. And then he goes and he finally gets traded and has the surgery. And now he's back with Vegas and he's going to be fine. Yeah. And and, and what did I say about Kevin Adams? He made this whole thing personal. And that Mm -hmm. was the worst thing that he could have done. And he ended up taking a far lesser return for it. You know, Peyton Krebs might be a decent player. Good for him. Alex Tuck is, I mean, he's a okay player. Oddly oddly enough, you could argue that that night, was the best night for the Buffalo Sabres in the last seven years. Yeah. Because they, they trade for Jack Eichel. They get the boom. Then Peyton Krebs scores the first goal. And Alex Tuck fired home the uh, empty net goal. Like one of the most emphatic empty net goals I've ever seen. And just, I, you know what? I, I defend that quote about I, a lot I, of I, things. I, I, I can't defend that quote. It, 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 you know what? But that's not part of the question, though. If you don't want to defend the quote, I don't care. I mean, he played the heel turn. He got booed, saw it, and you know what? He wanted to play the heel like in wrestling. He wanted to be the bad guy. So he turned around and had some fun with it. Good. I don't blame him one bit. I don't mm. blame him one bit. Those crowds are dead. Those crowds were were not selling anything out. He was turning her and they, they just weren't doing anything. And I don't blame the fans for not showing up and, and not being loud or anything like that. But if you're going to boo the guy, you know, after what happened behind the scenes, I don't care if Michael says something like that, screw it because that franchise screwed everything up. Their owners are a bunch of morons. The Pagulas don't know what they're doing when it comes to a hockey team. And then you, you have a general manager. That's an absolute clown. And botched the entire situation. So, you know what? I'm, and, I'm saying shot on this. All right. You know what? I might downgrade it after that. But I'll tell you this. One thing that did not need to happen, and it did, was the removing of the C. You, you had to remove the C. They had to pull the C off him. Really? Well, that's when you knew everything was going. He, he was definitely gone at that point. We, yeah. You knew he was gone. But, I mean. But, but you had to do that. You had to, to make it that public. And disgrace the guy like that? 
Well, it got that public because they were denying his treatment. He wanted to get a treatment and he wanted to have a better life. And and that's this has been discussed ad nauseum. So I'm not going to go and beat the dead horse again. But yeah, we we all discussed it. And I was on your side with this one. Yeah, you, no. you can't you can't sit there and deny this guy's desire to have a normal life after hockey. And that's what this club did. And that's why this whole thing went the way that it did. So yeah. if if anybody deserved the booze. It's Kevin Adams, it's Kim Bagula, and it's Terry Bagula. You guys are incompetent. All right. So we're going to go to Jack Eichel's former teammates in Rasmus Ristolainen because I got to laugh about this one. He signed an extension, five-year extension of $5 million per. The Flyers overpaid to keep Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> what's everybody's drink of choice because i'm buying rounds on this one this was just stupid this was stupid this guy is a dumpster fire in his own zone he's awful absolutely awful he's by the eye test and analytics he's one of the worst defenders defensively in the entire league he has 14 points including two of those being goals in 50 games and he's a minus 11 for philadelphia and it's he must, not he like, must have gotten an assist last night because I only had him for 13. But yeah. Yeah, he, he had an assist la- in, in last night's game uh, against um against Phil, uh Florida. So but or no uh Thursday night's game, sorry. But uh yeah, he's just he's awful. He he's awful and, and his his offensive numbers these last two years have been bad. Yeah, I know in 2021 Buffalo was just a dumpster fire offensively, but like you're not getting offense out of him, and you're not getting defense out of him. So why are you paying him $5 million a year? Oh, I know why. Because you're trying to justify a boneheaded trade that your general manager made. Chuck Fletcher strikes again. Good job, Chucky. Good job, you clown. Oh, oh my Where's God. your red and- nose, Chucky? Because you need to put it on, pal. And first off, I'm going to buy everybody around on this. Oh. And as Anthony uh, quickly put in the Dave Pena tweet on us uh, the other day when we were discussing this, and that's <laughs> they extended him exactly what 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 Barry's saying right there. They extended him to avoid admitting the or that they they made a bad trade. It's sort of like where you just have a friend of yours that's dating somebody that's just an absolute just horror show. And you can't help but look at him and just go, or or her, either way, and just just say you got to dump him. You're getting worse. And oh no no, don't worry, I could change him. Everything's gonna be nice. Nope, nope, no. Sometimes you got to cut bait. <laughs> this is this is doubling down on 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 a two, two uh, whatever a, a three on blackjack. You're doubling down. You get one card. This is this off. I understand he's got four 40 point seasons in his career. I got to point that out. But the guy doesn't play well defensively. He doesn't even get power play time right now with the Flyers. Most of the time, it's still Yandel and um, whoever, Provorov, maybe. It's just the 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 Flyers can you the, the Flyers you can do better than Rasmus Ristolainen. And why'd you lock him up for five years? Oh, uh, you know what? As a as a, a fan of any other team in the division, you just you you laugh at this one. 
you yeah. laugh because it's a general manager refusing to admit his own incompetence. It's like watching the Rangers still trying to justify the the Ryan McDonough trade by playing Libor Hayek from time to time. Oh and, boy! And and for the last few years beforehand, where they kept kept running Brett Howden out for fifteen plus minutes a game because they wanted to try to justify how bad that tra- uh, you know to try to justify what was really a bad trade. So um, it's 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 horrendous. Stupid. And the, the, you can't you can't be you can't be you can't justify a trade like this. It's just take take the loss, move on from there. It hasn't worked out, and it. You're telling me he's going to turn uh, add an assist on this, everybody. But he's going to turn those numbers around next year. On a, they're going to the rebuild mode. Phil, nope. who do you think is the most underrated player? Actually, you know what? I, that's not the, the good lead in for this. Phil, who had back to back hat tricks last week? Oh, some guy that the Rangers are going to be seeing tonight. Um, kind of has a, a a brother that was a uh, OHL leading goal scorer last year, I believe. I think uh, shares the same name as a Rangers prospect as well. Yep, Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson is the most underrated player in the NHL. You know what? I get where you're going here. But I think this could have been worded a little better. I, okay, I how would how would how would we word this a little bit better? I I think you would have said he's breakout player of the year. I, I think that would have been better because I I don't think he's built that rapport yet to the point to be underrated. So I think okay. breakout player of the year would have been the proper. We'll change word that. So that. Uh, we'll change that right now. I love it. We can change things on the fly here. Yeah, that's that's what we do. We maybe we, we'll, we maybe we'll call this Big Apple Hockey on the fly. No, NHL Network already has that, so we can't do that. <laughs> that was fun, right, guys? Oh, I I actually I, I tried to have a production company named On the Fly Films, but that didn't work out. All right, Jason Robinson is the breakout player of the year. Go ahead. And again, what's everyone drinking? Because I'm buying everybody around on this. <laughs> There's just no, even without back-to-back hat tricks, guy has 20, what, 29 goals? I, I got it right here for you. Don't worry about that. Yeah. 29 goals. 29 goals. Assists. 54 points. I, 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 I know he's over a point per game player. I believe he's played 49 games or something, if I'm correct. But um, he's just, he's incredible, man. And you know what? And part of it is the fact that Joe Pavelski is just having such a renaissance year. And because and, I has anybody seen Tyler Sagan or Jamie Ben lately? No, but now they have decreased responsibility because of this guy. Because of these guys. That's what I'm saying. Like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben were supposed to be these guys that were supposed to be carrying the weight of this offense still even at this and Tyler Sagan's not even that old I think what 29 30 years old maybe Jamie Ben is 34 I think now at this point so mm-hmm. like you would expect him to start going you know into the twilight of his career but Tyler Sagan's still in like prime years so Tyler Sagan not having a great year in the last like two or so years is like a big thing especially now with Jason Robertson Rupe Hintz Joe Pavelski, Dennis Gurianov, the younger generation of stars is starting to take over for this team. And that that's big for them because they're going to need these guys. So yeah, 
everybody everybody's getting a beer for me on this one uh especially since we rewarded this uh i was gonna buy around anyway but i'm buying around my goodness jason robertson like he is just doing everything right now for this team and yes the back-to-back hat tricks is is a great story to talk about but i mean just watching him on, on on a nightly basis he he brings it every single night and you know i there is a, we're, I'm going to get to another player that doesn't get enough um, recognition in the media, but how is it like the American media hasn't blown him up? I mean, how many Asian hockey players are there? Yeah, there, there are not many. And, and, and you want to, you want to hear a funny style with Jason Robertson or, or Asian descent, I should say. You want, you want to hear a funny style with Robertson. And it's actually kind of mind blowing considering the season he's having. Guess how many goals he has on the power play out of his 29 goals? I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go like two. No, not that low. Okay, like five. No, nine. Nine. All right. Nine. So he's got 29 not, goals nine on the power play. Nine of them are on the power play. 20 of them at even strength. 20 goals at even strength. That's that's always a great thing. That's ridiculous. Five, five on five scoring is just the way it, it is. You, you have to score a five on five. You yeah. have to. But I mean, I, I can't say enough about. It. And he's got a great motor. He's he's always around the ice. Plus twenty. I mean, he's playing well defensively. I know when people say plus minus is overrated statistic or it's an interpretive statistic. This time you're going to interpret it and say kid plays. That's that's where I could go. Oh, and you know what the worst part about it is that the Rangers had a chance to draft him instead of a guy named Philip Heedle at 21 in 2017. Honestly, yeah. honestly, it's, it's, I, I, I get so frustrated with the way this team drafts, but they'll, but I'll, we'll, we'll get to another point on that one because they haven't had good drafts since geez, like 15 years. All right, Phil, another team that the Rangers played this week and that's competing for a playoff spot with the Dallas Stars. I don't know if you could use the word complete, uh, competing, but the Winnipeg Jets, they need to blow it up. And, you know, I'll start it. Uh, I'm buying everybody around. Uh, I, I, I was hedging on it for a second. Uh, you got to do it. I know that they're without Nikolai Ehlers, and now he just uh, – or he's he's without he's not there. Sixty two points. They're five points out of playoff spot. I have to double check, make sure that that's the updated on the standings. But because all these things I put in last night and then because of work had to sleep. But uh, <laughs> uh, but no, Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg you know, seriously needs to blow it up, and uh, they need to start thinking about uh, um developing their young players and their young core and maybe centering this team around Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler could fetch a prize. Uh, Mark Scheifele could fetch a prize. It's uh, what the question is, if they were building this Connor Hallbuck stick around or do you end up moving him? So uh, Connor Hallbuck is standing on his head. That's the only reason why the Jets are even where they are right now. Go ahead. I'm going to buy around. Um, I, I don't know 
what Blake Wheeler could get because Blake Wheeler is a tough one. Blake Wheeler, by by every means, Blake Wheeler is not having a bad year. He's just under a point-per-game player, 42 points in 45 games. Yeah, he was injured for a little bit. But he's 35 years old, and he makes $8.25 million against the cap for the next two years after this one. So his contract is going to be tough to move. Um, Kyle Connor is on a great deal for the next four years after this one. Mark Shifley, we've talked about ad nauseum, 6.125 for the next two years after this one. Nikolai Ehlers, $6 million for the next three years after this one. But Pierre-Luc Dubois is due a big race um, after this season. Uh, Paul Stastny is a UFA at the end of the year, so that's nearly $4 million against the cap. Andrew Kopp is a UFA, $3.64 million off the books. But if I'm Winnipeg, I'm thinking of going and with Ehlers, or I'm sorry, with Cop and Dubois as my one and two centers and moving on from Mark Shifley. And the only reason why I say that is because you're going to have a big decision that you're going to have to make on Mark Shifley in two years after this one. He's going to be 30 going on 31 at that point. Do you want to give Mark Shifley close to, $10 million a year until he's 37, 38 years old. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what I would do with that. And I, I think they could get a decent return for Shifley right now. Um, I, I think Stastny could be someone that they would definitely move. And I think the Rangers should be in on Paul Stastny if that ends up being the guy that they're they're doing uh, all right here i see this from chris t the the rangers are doing that now is a benajet zibanejad signed a deal at what 28 years old how how let, let's see how old mika zibanejad is i believe he's 28 as of I this think moment. He's 28 i don't think he's he, he hasn't reached 30 yet no he has not reached 30 yet shifley will be 30 by the time his deals next deal starts Mika Zibanejad is 28, will be turning 29 next month. So uh, you got to – yeah, and and David brings up – you also have Adam Lowry. Adam, yeah. Adam Lowry is is also a, a – I mean, they technically list Lowry – yeah, no, he's a center. I, I mean, I know he can play wing. Which is, which is interesting because his dad's the head coach right now. Yeah. So Lowry is not going anywhere, especially with his father being the head coach. But um, John Sherholtz traded his son. So I yeah know. yeah I get it I get it yeah it's it it is sometimes it is just business yeah sometimes it is business but um, I, I'll tell you right now I, I I I if I'm Winnipeg I think I would rather move on from Mark Shifley. And if you're serious about rebuilding, I think that would be the way to start it. Um, you could probably move Blake Wheeler in a year or two when it when it becomes more manageable. And if they need to retain on him at that point, which I doubt they will because I doubt his production is going to go off of a cliff or anything. But um, I, I don't think this core is going to win in Winnipeg. I it's 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 unbelievable. It really it really is. And I am a big. I was a big Winnipeg guy. I thought they had a great coach. I thought they had a great core. 
I'm not seeing it now. I think you got to blow it up. Now, my my question is, what do you do with Connor Hellebuck? You could get a haul for Connor Hellebuck. You could. Yep. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's you got put him on the goaltending market. That just he, changed a lot. He has got two years left after this one at 6.166 million. And he's a Vezina caliber goaltender. Uh, he's that good. He's one of the still one of the best goaltenders in the entire league. He would fetch a King's ransom if he was made available because you know there's going to be a team that's going to be desperate, like in Edmonton, Toronto, Toronto, that will go and give up that. Like if if Rodion Amirov ends up being okay with his brain tumor and everything like that, and they they say that he's going to have a solid NHL career, I, Connor Hellebuck is the type of guy you go and you get a prospect like Rodion Amirov up for. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, we are going to talk three different topics about one player and we don't get to do that very often, but we're going to start with this one. Austin Matthews will score 60 goals this season. Uh, I'm going to say shot. And I just, I, I, I know Matthews is hot right now. Um, uh, he he seems to just be scoring goals left and right in his, his games, uh, and he's got a great supporting cast around him with you know Mitch Marner on his line. Michael Bunting should get you know Calder consideration with the way that he's played, but I I, I don't think he scores uh, sixty. I mean, in his last five games, Matthews has seven goals. And in only one of those games, he was held scoreless, and that was against Buffalo. So, um, but he got the uh, the over. He got a goal in the overtime loss last night against Arizona, or on uh, Thursday against Arizona. He had a hat trick against Seattle. Um, he had one against uh, Columbus, which was actually the first one of the game in that one. I thought I thought they had a second one in that game, but he didn't. But he had two against Vancouver. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I, 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 he's got a chance, but I, I don't see it. I'm buying everybody around on this. I think he's doing it. He's got he's got 44 goals right now. He's got he's got to get 16. So the math already says he's scoring 50. Um, it, 60. I think he could do it very. He might do it by the end of March. That's that's how hot this guy is right now. And he's, you know, the, uh, there was a great tweet that was out there. And this is one of the ones uh, I got to repeat from the Steve Dangle podcast that I saw. One of the Canadian writers broke it down. Austin Matthews is, he's got the most goals in the league over the last three years. And he never has to play the Leafs. So <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's, it, it's just as far as like Matthews goes, he is just, he, I can't say enough for him because we had this debate last year, which is more impressive. Austin Matthews um, scoring over 40 goals in 56 games or Connor McDavid's 100 points because goals, there's only one of them. Uh, assists, you can still get two. But that's that's I'm not saying that to slam McDavid, by the way, in any way. But it's just Matthews is, is just having – He's an incredible goal scorer, and he's still producing 32 assists. It's not like he's 
he's not doing anything else. We talked about that before with Brock Nelson. Because this, that leads into this question. Is Austin, Austin Matthews the best player? Sorry, Austin Matthews is the best player in the NHL right now. No. Shot. Shot. It's just automatically McDavid? It's automatically McDavid. Until, until someone else comes along and can play at that level, uh, no. And I, I wouldn't even put Matthews in my top three. He Austin Matthews is the best really? goal scorer in the NHL. Yes, but he's not in the top three. You, Who's you're the gonna top three? Me, you're going to tell me that he's a better player than Connor McDavid. Or no, not all right. So let's get Connor McDavid out of there because he's the number one guy. So you're going to tell me that he's better than Leon Draisaitl, who won an MVP, won a scoring title, and he won it. He had uh, what 120 points almost in a year that was shortened because of COVID. And then he's also better than Nathan McKinnon. Get out of here. GTFO. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go beer at least on this because I think he's in the conversation. I think he's a lot closer than what people give him credit for because the kid is just, he he's, he's, he's the best goal scorer north of the border. Um, and yes, is he, is he Connor McDavid? Look, I could. I think Connor McDavid is is the best player on earth, but Connor McDavid just disappears at times, and he'll, I mean his disappearing act is like two assists over two weeks. But yeah, that, I think that's a little unfair to say that because if you're going to say that his disappearing, it's it's like it's like when I get on Artemi Panarin for not having a great year. Yeah, but it's you're more nitpicking than I am because of the fact that Connor McDavid could have a two, three assist game and people will still look at him as like, Oh, he played perimeter or Oh, this and that. Yeah. Because Connor McDavid could go rattle off a six, seven point game. Like it's nobody. And game. exactly. Connor McDavid could do that in two games. But again, I'm nitpicking because we're arguing about the best in the, in the NHL right now. Matthews brings it every single night. The, what the one thing Matthews does is he gets injured. And Matthews usually. brings it every single night. Where has he been come playoff time? Burn. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Although he had, a, although he had a great playoff a couple years ago against uh, the Bruins, but I mean, because this now this leads into an actual question that I have, because this boggles my mind when I think about it. Why isn't Austin Matthews more of a household name in the United States? This boggles like, your mind. Th- it does. It does a little bit. Like, why is it? Why All is right. it that he, he's not on ESPN every single night? I'll, I'll explain this, and it's very easy. What have I always say about the NHL? Uh, best, best uh, sports, worst run league. Thank you. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Because the NHL doesn't know how to advertise its superstars. They don't know how to advertise its product properly. They're on ESPN again, and they still don't get it right. Because they still don't know how to make their players household names, uh, it just they have they have no idea of what they're doing in that regard. So whoever's whoever's up there, I mean, just yeah. And, and David, yeah, people still do watch ESPN. Go go look at the Nielsen ratings; you'll see it. They still yeah, watch. no, their ratings on their on their talk shows are down. Their ratings on their games, are yeah, fine. their ratings on the games that the talk shows are kind of stupid. And that the only reason why. 
they're not as high as they used to be is because there's more availability for more sources. And there's also streaming services online and podcasts. Imagine just Big Apple Hockey, by the way. Yes, Big Apple yeah. Hockey is trying to take away viewers from ESPN. So yeah. and, and, we're, and, and, and we're working on expansion. We're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old Optimal Online commercial. We're working on it. <laughs> but, but, I mean, when you think about Austin Matthews' story, though, kid – Born in Cal, uh, born in California, raised in Arizona. Um, I mean, his his mother, uh, you know, adorable in the first uh, game where she was so excited watching him. Not backwards, by the way. Born in Arizona, raised in California. Sorry, that was what that's what I should have yeah. went with. I mean, I still remember her reactions watching that. Um, this this kid, he's he, he, he's the best American player right now. So he's an American. If he was playing for the New York Rangers, do you think this is a different story? Or do you think it would have been? Um, yes. Because then I can make the argument if, if Sidney Crosby played for the New York Rangers, which one do you think would have been bigger for the sport? Uh, I think Sidney Crosby playing for the Rangers probably would have been the bigger name, uh, especially with Yarmer Yager those first two, three years in the league. I don't yeah. think Yager would have left for the KHL had they had Sid. But um, I but- – I think if anything, um, Crosby probably would have been a little bigger, but the NHL needs a guy like Matthews. Uh, it's echoing again. It's yeah, echoing. Wing, yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. So uh, I'll hit. I'll hit my uh, my echo thing. Just to... yeah. My echo cancellation's on. Yeah, because I will. I will. Oh, yours was all right. No, no, no. It's, it was off. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, but again, I mean, he's got personality too. Like the clip of him saying, "Oh, I saw the crossbar. I figured, just ran my head into it." Like it, 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 he, the dominant first game that he had, four goals on his first five NHL shots. Um, and he pickpocketed Eric Carlson for one of them. That was beautiful. Yes, and it's there's. So much I could say about Austin Matthews. Yes, by the way, the incident in Arizona where he was being a bit of an idiot. But, yeah, but he's playing in Canada. Yeah, but this Rick, you're right about that. But the thing is, he's playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's not like he's playing for the Winnipeg Jets. But here's the, the problem. Casual American sports fans don't know or care about the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you if you if you tell them that he was playing for the New York Rangers or the LA Kings or the Chicago Blackhawks or the Philadelphia Flyers, they might have more of an idea of who that is. So but this is where NBC made the mistake. And they really didn't try to focus on anything until like uh the end of its life running the NHL. TNT is not making that mistake, and neither is ESPN. The they NBC marketed the teams. TNT and ESPN are marketing the players. And especially TNT. They'll they'll throw Matthews versus uh, McDavid. And that's Edmonton versus Toronto. There are casual fans out there that, that are doing anything. By the way, TNT is doing a fantastic job broadcasting hockey. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I st- But this kid... Should be on ESPN every single night. I don't understand why he's not. It's just, it, it's crazy. It, it's crazy whenever whenever I'm 
I, I'm going back on that because, again, I just yeah, that's the way you do this. You just tell ESPN when you broadcast it, partners, or you just go, can you get more coverage of this guy? But we're going to get plenty of coverage of Rafael Nadal. Or I'm trying to think of other guys that they'll just, they'll talk about endlessly. But, you know, again, Austin Matthews, he should be a household name in the United States. Every well, kid would be playing I, I hockey. I agree with that. But like I said, it's just the NHL doesn't have an idea of what they're doing. Uh, Romanello actually brings up a real good point is we don't know what the deal with ESPN is, but I'm sure that the NHL didn't think outside of the box and demand any NHL specific programs. They don't have any NHL specific programs on ESPN. Where's NHL? Tonight? It's all on ESPN plus. It's all on ESPN plus. And that, that's the biggest problem is where, where is NHL tonight on ESPN? Like it used to be. It's not. Yeah, well, uh, in, in fairness, they've, they've taken away all the tonight programs. Like you try to find baseball tonight anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was one of their most watched shows like that. This is what the ESPN, as far as what they've done, they've done this. There's the NFL. There's some NBA. They, the, all their talk shows are only NBA because that, that's all it is. And then they remember baseball every now and again. And then hockey's, if not for John Butcher Gross and Lyndon Cohen, nobody would talk about hockey. Cohen, By the way, Cohen. credit Emily Kaplan, too, who's done a great job. Cohen, but, not Cohen. Oh, sorry. My mistake. You know, and again, I met her. She's 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 wonderful. Uh, but it's, it's I, I, I tend to always put that N in that, that E in her name. It's not really right, obviously. Uh, but again, it, it's on it's on ESPN Plus. Everything they're just moving to the streaming service now. So uh, that's what their their plan is. So what do you guys think? I know we were rambling on a little bit. Austin Matthews should be more of a household name. Alexander Georgiev, oh my God. Just to say it like that. And um, then uh, <laughs> try to think of the rest of these. Jason Robertson, breakout player of the year. And uh, Winnipeg needs to blow it up. So put it all down in the comments below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um, we had more stuff today. But hold on. Hold on, hold on a second. We'll, I, mean, I just have to fix something. And we'll have to do this sketch minus Anthony. Which really could have used it for this. Uh, but we're going to do an honest press conference. So hold on. Let me get that started. And all right. We got this. We got this ready. We're going to do an honest press conference right here. And it's featuring a player who had a tough game this week. Connor, just. Can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. So welcome back, everybody, to Honest Press Conferences, where we say what the players really do want to say. And fortunately, we've enlisted the guy who's already done this twice before. He will be reprising his role once again, and that's Mr. John Falkowski as Jack Eichel. So I finally get my trade, finally get what I want, and I come back to Buffalo. 
And I feel like maybe if I was CM Punk going back to WWF or WWE rather and getting a bunch of boos and, you know, people are, you know, blaming me for the problems that this organization has had. Why don't you look up above me? Why don't you look up above the coaching? Why don't you look to the front office? So instead of instead of blaming me and you know playing at about a near point per game pace for my entire career with your organization, why don't you blame your incompetent front office? Because they were the ones that went out and gave Jeff Skinner $9 million a year. You gave Taylor Hall $8 million a year to do what? But you're going to blame me and boo me as if I did something wrong? How about you get told by an organization that you can't get surgery on your neck that can help improve your quality of life post-hockey? How about you deal with that? And then you you tell me how you feel. So you know what? Screw you all. Oh, hey, I'm so I'm sorry. I just I just walked in here. Um, Who the uh, hell are you? I'm John Tavares. Uh, and... are, are, aren't you that douche that like uh, took that picture in the, in the bed as a kid? Yeah, but you know what? You're complaining about a few booze. You're complaining about a few booze. They were pissing on my jersey, man. Like they were throwing those things at oh. me. P- pissing kind of like how you probably wet those bed sheets. Well, you know what? It, it, it does enhance the maple leaves a little bit, but still, I mean, don't suck it up, Buttercup. I mean, so what? There are a couple bit of uh, booze. I mean, just just deal with it. All right, you don't suck need to it be up, Buttercup. Like, the uh, you mean you like you class? Suck you know it up, what? Buttercup. I can't even like talk you about did. This. I'm I'm out of here. I'm 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 gone. Uh, you know. Yeah, you so, probably oops. should be gone there, uh, Johnny Boy. Uh, your, uh, your 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 team still sucks, despite the fact that you're on it, and you're still gonna choke. So I think you need to shut your mouth, just like The Rock would say. Uh, know your role and shut your damn mouth. Um, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I want I wandered in. Uh, I'm Mark Messier. Uh, and uh, did you, what what, do you, what was this? Did you, did you get booed? Oh, I. When when I returned to the garden, they showed a picture of me with the Stanley Cup. Hey, and, hey, uh, cue ball. I, I, hey, cue ball. I don't recall asking. This is my time. Get off. Oh, oh, all right. Well, I'm just saying it was a great time. I don't care I, about I, your I, six cups. I don't care I, about your spot on ESPN. Get off my time. God, these morons keep interrupting my shit. Like, what are they doing? Like, I, all right. For, first, you have bedwetter over there. Comes in and says, oh, they were burning my jersey. (laughs) Shut your mouth. I don't care. I don't recall asking either. And then you have Baldy coming in. Oh, well, here, look at my hand. And then my other finger. I have six Stanley Cup rings. I'm the greatest leader ever. I don't care about what you did in Edmonton. You rode Gretzky's coattails for four of those Stanley Cup rings. Get out of my face. What are you, Slappy Squirrel? What are you, what are you, Bullwinkle? You're Rocky the Flying Squirrel to Wayne Gretzky's Bullwinkle? Buzz off, buddy. Go shine your head some more, Mr. Clean. I don't need to hear about your shit. You know what? And then you got these idiots up in uh, South Canada, I guess you want to call it that. You know, saying, oh, boo, boo, yo, you're 
the problem. You're the problem. Well, obviously, I'm not the problem if I'm gone and your team still sucks. So I'm not the problem, clearly. The problem is, is that you have two owners that don't know what the hell they're doing. And then you have a general manager who looks like he could have been Bozo the Clown's replacement. Yeah, get the hell out of my face with your dumb questions. Does anybody else have like something to, important to ask me uh, other than these ass clowns running in and just, you know, saying this crap? Anybody have like some sort of significant question? Uh, I guess I, I, I guess it's left to, left to me. Uh, Jack, I do have to ask this question. Did you really find it necessary that you had to take a shot at the fans at the end of the uh, game? Well, I mean, if you want to live by the sword, you you got to die by the sword. So if you're gonna if you're gonna take shots at me, I, I've noticed that it's a lot of boomers that are doing it too. It's a lot of the older generation of fans that like to take usually take shots at the player and say, "Oh, well, shut up! You're getting paid to play a kids' game." And you know what? How about you go to work and you get hurt on the job, and then your boss tells you that you can't get surgery to you know replace your knee. Or to correct the surgery that you know, you know your your knee is screwed up with. I don't know. So, yeah, uh, yeah. that's an interesting metaphor. Good, good way to put it. Yeah. So, so why are so why are people telling me that I can't get surgery to improve my way of life post hockey? And and don't and you know what? And I don't want to hear this from any of you clowns in the peanut gallery over here. Don't disrespect Messier. I don't, Mark <laughs> Messier. I do not care about Mark Messier. I don't give a shit about him. He does. He holds no relevance to my career. He can go take a one-way ticket out of town. Don't let the door <laughs> hit you in the ass on the way out, Mister Clean. Oh, uh, God! I hope to God that I never had. Uh, you know what? Uh, by by the time I turn thirty-one, I've seen pictures of Mark Messier at thirty-one. He, he was already pretty much bald. Thankfully, I'll never have to worry. Oh, about oh no, 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 Jack. Mark was always in. Uh, he was bald, but he was in A1 physical shape. This guy was a specimen. I could, I, there's the 1994 video where they're measuring his body fat. They're like, not a bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. He looks like an animal next to Gary Coleman in that picture. Good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> All right, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> Jack Eichel, everybody. That as as Rick made that comment, I'm going just 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 to remind you, it's 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 not Philk saying that. <laughs> no, it, it it's me saying it, but just you know, I'm 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 just playing fun with uh, Jack Eichel because I could just imagine him, you know, pipe down, rubber dub. Yeah. Um, it looks like we're not going to get Anthony on today, so we do have one more segment we just got to cover. Uh, and then we're going to do some Q&A for about like uh, 20 minutes. And then I got a nap at three o'clock <laughs> because I because I'm a I'm a vampire. Um, one guy that's that's been sticking out a lot for the New York Islanders lately is Elias Sorokin. And mentioning his obviously he's Igor Sturkin's good friend. Igor Sturkin is having a great season. Not going as well for. Uh, Ilya as uh, team wise, I mean the Islanders. But personally speaking, it's he has 19 of the Islanders now, 23 wins, and and then I had to amend that 
He's second in the league in shutouts, sixth in the league in save percentage. Is he as he's been as good as advertised this season? You would say, right? He's been one of two bright spots for them. Uh, I mean, a, a third if you want to say Brock Nelson's goal scoring, but um, and Noah Dobson being the other one, right? Noah Dobson, yeah, being the other big, big bright spot for them. But um, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I, I'm going to say round here. If th- this is still bar talk, right? Oh uh, no, it's just a discussion. That's all. It. But oh, you know what? Discussion. Yeah. Well, okay. You know what? We'll. St- I'll still put up the round. Yeah, uh, there you go. yeah I, I thought we were still Here's- doing bar talk there. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Ilya Sorokin's been really good for them. Um, <laughs> he, he, if they had a better defense in front of him, his numbers would be quite a bit better. Um, I don't know if he'd be approaching Shesterkin levels, but um, Shesterkin's on another planet right now. He's on another planet right now. But yeah, uh, I mean. He's second in shutouts, which is just crazy considering that the Islanders are not even close to being a playoff team. What are they still like 18 points out of a playoff spot or something like that? Something. Yeah. They're they're they're, they're, I'm not even putting up their, their playoff. uh, Yeah. They're not, they're not even close to being a playoff team. The the team clearly regressed. I mean, can they come back and be a better team next year? Sure. But that's not really what this is about. I mean, Sorokin's been the real deal. Um, he's not. He, If there is a list of reasons as to why the Islanders are bad, Ilya Sorokin is definitely at the bottom of that list. Yeah, he's definitely at the bottom. I mean, he's had his rookie moments, but that's that's about it. Because uh, the reason why this, this even comes up is because, I mean, Anthony brought it up with me. He's like, this guy is, he's... Uh, second in shutouts, uh, sixth in save percentage. And if you look at the save percentage right now, it's all the starters. It's not like uh, any backups in there. But he, this guy has done everything he can to keep the Islanders afloat. And it's just, it's it, ha- it hasn't been the Islanders year. That's the best way to say it. They're, they We talk about the Rangers having trouble goal scoring. Uh, the, the Islanders, they're right oh, yeah. there. And yes, this season it had a little bit more promise and they could turn it around easily next year. But uh, I mean, I had a friend of mine in a group chat trying to convince us that Ilya Sorokin wouldn't start on uh, any playoff team in the NHL except for Toronto. And like, are you kidding me? I would take him easily over a lot of guys. I would take him over Jeremy Swayman right now. Okay. So Swayman. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, so, so just going from the East, I take him over Swayman, Anderson. I take him over Tristan Jari because he yep. beat him. Yeah, um, I, take, I take him over Jari. Uh, so that covers the Metro. Uh, or sorry, and is just not – I take him over Washington's goaltenders too. And Samsonov, yeah, easily, and, and Vitek yeah. Vanacek. Um, then you have, the, the obviously, the Toronto goalies. Then you have – I'd probably the take Florida him over Bobrovsky. That's a bit of more. What? I'd probably take him over Bobrovsky in Florida. Right now, yeah, because Bobrovsky hasn't been Bobrovsky since he's gotten to Florida. He's been a little nope. bit better this season, but he hasn't been there. And I mean, Vasilevsky, obviously, he. I take him over. Better. I take him in Colorado. Yep. I take him in Vegas. Yep. I take him in Edmonton. Yeah. I take him in Dallas. And that's just. And that's just who he is right now. Although, by the way, credit to Jake Ottinger, who's starting to play like he's the number one goalie. Um, 
starting to. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, there's a big difference in play between Sorokin's play and Jake Ottinger's play. If you switch those two guys, Jake Ottinger's numbers look awful. And the Islanders are probably yeah. a stellar dweller if, if you switch Ottinger and, and Sorokin. But I mean, again, like you got to give some credit to, to to Sorokin for doing all this and still keeping his his attitude up, mental acuity up, because everything that's broke wrong for the Islanders is broke wrong for the Islanders this year. And it's just so going forward, uh, Islander fans, you, you got to go. You got the goalie of the future. So don't worry. Uh, you're going to the present. Never mind the future. So the, we're going to have. Battles between Sorokin and Sesterkin for the next uh, ten years, and it's it's going to be glorious. Um, and the funny part about them is they have a friendly rivalry. Like they're still going to be. I'd I'd almost we talked about this back in in October. I would almost salivate to see uh, the the Lundqvist Brodeur rivalry because those guys hated each other. Um, yeah, but that's about. That's about it, it with that. We, we wish we had Anthony to talk more about this right now, but scheduling conflicts uh, come up. But we're going to do some Q&A, guys. we got about uh, 25 minutes left. So start throwing in some questions. Yeah, I, I, think, this, uh, I think this is an interesting one because we're, we're only um, – well, let's see. We're, we're – tw- we're, this is a great one. Messier looks great at 60 because he looked that way at 30. <laughs> yeah. We are not we are nine days from the trade deadline. Yep. And the rumor mills are starting to heat up a little more. Um, I was trying to look into something because Top Shelf did a video stating that they were quote unquote multiple reports that the Rangers and Ducks were looking at talking deals but i don't know where he got any of that from i don't know if it was an athletic thing he because i don't think he really mentioned anything az the leaves are not average in that they are piss poor and look no further and again when we talk about them it's the 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 status i that i showed that i could show you guys uh that i did last last week on jack campbell 3.32 3.32 goals again since December. And that's the good one. Like that's that's where I just go, nope, they're not even average. And it, here's a funny stat. This is only the second time in his NHL career that Igor Shosturkin has been pulled. You know when the last time was? The LA King game? No. No. Right. March 7th, 2020, which was his first game back from the car accident when he came back against the devil. Oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That's that's one of the ones I forgot all about. There's two reasons why I forget about that game. Because I went day drinking, and then I came home, I watched the devils light him up. Oh, I, I the- know now why Top Shelf Hockey is talking about multiple reports. Oh, why? What Top Shelf Hockey did was read the – Read somebody, maybe even Lego Rocks, where he probably got it from, or some other YouTuber or something. Um, Arthur Stable in the Athletic yesterday said, if, if JT Miller is no longer on the table and, and if the Canucks still want Braden Schneider, that deal is certainly off the table. 
maybe there's a deal to be made with the Ducks for Ricard Raquel. If Drury is set on using Nils Lundqvist as his main ship, maybe there's a deal with Anaheim that includes Hampus Lindholm, whose contract demands will seemingly exceed the Ducks' desire on term. Even if the Rangers weren't in a mild funk this week, you'd be asking, why wait? Now it feels a little more urgent to ask that question. So, Because most people always wait the closer to the deadline is you try to get you try to either drive the price down or if you're the case of the uh, the team that's dealing, you're trying to drive the price up or you're trying to drive the price up on your um, your your competitor. Uh, sometimes you have to strike when the iron's hot. Right, right now, the Tyler DeFoley deal looks amazing and it's a perfect it's a perfect deal for the perfect player that's right in there. Poppy, thank you very much, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much, Poppy. Yeah, I got it right there. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that Hurdle is probably, and and Gene brings this up, that Hurdle is probably high on the Rangers list. I don't know about Cop. I haven't heard anything that the Rangers were in on Cop. Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, Some coaches just like players and can't see the truth. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Romanello. Yeah, I mean, guys get their favorites, and it's just. It, it, they did. They just locked them in. I mean, Rick. Yeah, I think the Rangers' next team captain probably is present on the roster. I just don't know if they're ready for that yet. I think he wears number twenty. Ooh, okay. And I think it happens next year. Uh, hot take for Momonello. I think Kreider's career is more valuable to the Rangers than Shesterkin's. Uh, I'm going to absolutely disagree with this because I'm going to have to disagree with that one too. Um, even if Kreider scores 50 goals, where are the Rangers without Shesterkin playing the way? Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. The Rangers may be fighting for a wild card at best without Shesterkin. Um, You might even flip them with the Islanders then because Georgiev is not a stopper. Georgiev is not a guy that he goes in net and then you go, all right, my team has a chance every single night. Yeah. Oh, Chris, and, uh, what was my hot take on that? What? Is that extremely hot take? No, I said hot take was Romanello's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I figured it was me saying Kreider is going to be the captain. Uh, and I do think he, he he's going to be there. The sad part about it is I love Nils Lundqvist, but he, I think he's getting moved. Uh, Dominic is saying that right here. Yeah, um, I, I think he's probably getting moved too, especially if it's for Tomas Hartle or – I mean, if they somehow find a way to get Ricard Raquel and Hampus Lindholm in one deal, I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah, I think that would be where you end up moving. Um, like, he's one quest is being floated out there. We all know this. Uh, so is Kratzoff. So is a lot of guys, uh, Filipino. But it's just, if he's going to get moved, he's going to get moved for something more than just a rental. He's not getting moved for uh, Phil Kessel for another uh like two months here's a good one from gene if if georgiev is moved now how does everyone think of anton forsberg i saw this on hf boards funny enough somebody made a a, a mock trade for um uh, for uh anton forsberg and georgiev in, in a deal there were other pieces involved but um I wouldn't mind Anton Forsberg. I, I would actually take Anton Forsberg for a uh, – I would take him for like a, a, a – just a backup. If they just moved Georgiev 
and got like, I don't know, like a second and a low level prospect or a third and a higher level prospect for him. I, I would, I would take that and I would take Forsberg if it cost only like a third or a fourth round pick. Chris, Chris really T's on my line of thinking right here. Braden Holpe in uh, for a fourth round pick. I would want a veteran goaltender that can start in a pinch. They could start a couple games with some experience. I I don't want another. Uh, I mean, Anton Forsberg sort of fits that. He sort of found a home right now in Ottawa, but I don't. I don't. I don't think. I I, I want somebody with experience that's got to step in there. I um, don't think Dallas moves Braden Holpe. Uh, I, I I think no. Would I don't think so over. either. I but think that's the thinking. That's the thinking though. I, I think you would have to overpay for it. Like, uh, what are the veteran goaltenders are out there right now that Devin Dubinick is no more? Um, I mean, he Holpe has started 22 games this season. He's 10, 10, and 1. Um, he has a 913 save percentage and a 278 goals against. And Dallas is trying to lock up that playoff spot. So, um, as of right now, they are. Let's see. They, yeah, I mean, they have the the last playoff spot right now. They have two games in hand on Edmonton and one point over them. So um, three games in hand on Vancouver and two points uh, over Vancouver. Anaheim is chasing that. Um, I think Anaheim is going to be the real interesting one because it looks like they're fading. It looks like they're hitting a lot. Some of their guys are hitting a wall. And that, to me, is I, I think the team to look out for because they are they're getting further and further away from the uh, from the playoff picture. And I don't yeah, think the ahead of them are going to falter the way that they hope. Here's here's a name. Let's throw this one out there for Rangers trade rumors and possibilities. What about Ryan Getzlaff? I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think he's he's he doesn't need to make another run at a cup. No, um, he's, he's already got a cup, and I don't think he wants to uproot his family. I think he's happy with Anaheim, and I absolutely think he's in their front office when his career ends. <laughs> By the way, I, I saw Dominic's thing. I got to put this up here. Uh, it's Patrick Nemeth for the Flyers' first round draft pick next year. <laughs> for two years. Yeah. John, John brings up a great question here. Would I acquire Lindholm and move Lindgren to the third pair of Schneider? Yeah. Absolutely, because Ryan Lindgren cannot play on the first pair anymore. Yeah. Um, I would love Yanni Gord. I just don't think they're going to move him in Seattle. I mean, they still have to build their organization, and you're not going to be able to do that by trading every single player that goes through there. I think also he's got a great deal. I think he's like uh, – uh, I think he's signed for another couple more years. I'm actually going to check that right now. I, I I just saw a comment. Hold on. I do love, by the way, uh, the idea of Chris Tierney to play third line center. Uh, Michael brings up a good one here. Halak in Vancouver. Could that could that be a pickup? I I, I yep. don't know if Vancouver deals Halak right now because they're trying to chase that spot as well. Um, they're only two points behind the spot. Yes, Dallas has three games in hand on them, but Edmonton is such an up and down team that you never know what you're going to get from them from night to night. And Dallas, I mean, Miro Haskins not going to be out for the rest of the season. 
He should only be out maybe a couple of weeks or so with the mononucleosis, maybe a little longer. I'm not even sure to tell you the truth, but um, I, I I just don't see Vancouver dealing Halak. I I would love to get Halak and then just move move on from Georgiev because at least Jaroslav Halak understands that he's going to be a backup. Um, David Wood, I, I I don't think that uh, LA deals Jonathan Quick. I don't. No, they're 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 cha- they're locked into a playoff spot. Even though it's arguable, whose guy who's going to be the goalie in there? Is it going to be Quick, or is it going to be Peterson? There are times where Peterson's definitely pushed it to be the starter. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, Vancouver I, I, is two points out of a playoff spot. Wow. Yeah, I, I I don't think that they they do it. I I, I, I would love Halak, but I just don't think that they do it. You know what? I'm I'm just saying wow for this, Phil. If they make the playoffs, Bruce Boudreaux's gotta be a coach of the year candidate. That yeah. team was dead and buried. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was all aboard the Gerard Gallant train for the Jack Adams earlier on in the year, but I don't know how I feel about that anymore. Because of the fact that it's just Igor Shosturkin is just having such a year, and they just seem to be playing no defense in front of Igor Shosturkin and relying on Shosturkin to win games. So uh, I mean, I, if if Vancouver somehow makes the playoffs, Boudreaux's got my vote. And uh, by the way, Sam Darnold was also out for the his career because the Jets had no blocking, and then he got traded to a team that had even less of an idea of how to run itself. I do like the mentality that everybody's got right here because uh, like Chris T asking about Connor Brown, John asking about Nick Paul from Ottawa. The thing about these guys is that, and it's reinforcing what I'm saying all along, go with the bottom six, not the top six. The top six needs work. You cannot have these guys. It does need work, but. It does. It does need work, but your bottom six. There's there's a line that the Rangers got that is completely useless. The Filipino line is useless. You can move the guys that are in the top six down into the bottom six if you improve the top six. That's the point you're missing. Yeah. How many power play points does Lov have in his career? I actually bookmarked that comment. Uh, I went to that zero. one because I saw you start it. It's zero. It's zero. I looked it up. It's zero. Uh, okay, Capo Caco is coming back. Yay. Yeah. Well, That's again, you don't us. know when. And I'm not trying to crap on Capo Caco, but don't tell me that um, that is the solution. Is that, by the way, Phil, is that a real stat? It is a real stat. I looked it up. Igor actually has more power play points in his career than Alexi Lafreniere does. Yeah. Gotta be shitting me. <laughs> nope. We we have, the Rangers are the only organization that could take a number one overall draft pick and never play them on the power. Never play. play them on the power play. I yeah I, the, the the third line does need to be revamped, but you can move down players by getting top six help. Or you you're can start not by moving going down. to fix your five on five offensive problems. By addressing the third line and not the top six. I hate to tell you this, but this is simple logic. Yeah, this that's, is I mean, simple that, logic that is, and there's no argument true. otherwise. 
by the way, uh, yes, I'm sucking up bad. <laughs> um, but Yarn Crook is one of the guys that I keep on advocating for. Yarn Crook, yes, Kelly Yarn Crook would help, G- but he's not helping your five on five offensive problems. Yes, that is true. And where are the Rangers in five on five and even strength offense? Does anybody want to ask a- answer that question for me? Can I throw something else out there? Okay. And I, I, I'm just throwing this out there just in general because this week is kind of showing a lot of the Rangers' flaws. What if they just stand pat? If they just stand pat, it tells me that this team, they, they feel that the team is not good enough to win a playoff round. And you know what? Fine. Fine. If they make the playoffs and they get shithoused in the first round, okay. Okay. Yeah. No problem. No I mean, problem. I still think I still think you got to move Filipino while you can. Yeah, um, I mean, and 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 whatever. I'll take a bag of pucks for Georgiev. I am never. I don't think Georgiev. they're standing pat, though. I'm going to tell you right now. Everything that I've heard and, and I'm standing pat. I get, I don't think they're standing pat. But uh, again, but by the way, Phil, I, I don't agree with getting Patrick Kane and JT Miller. I, I just don't. I listen, JT Miller at the right price would have been good. Okay. Um, yeah. But not with what um, Vancouver has been asking for. And not for a play. Like, you're going to tell me that some of the assets that weren't on the table for Jack Eichel are going to be on the table for JT friggin' Miller? Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. And, and again, uh, and Chris, I understand what you're saying with that. By the way, they still got I- Igor. That's that's another thing. But th- he can win him a playoff round by himself. And by the way, the Rangers and Penguins look on the cl- like they're on a collision course. That's going to be a hell of a first round series. Uh, but the reason why I'm even talking about standing pat is if if they start to think they're not going to really be all that successful in the playoffs, it, it's so hard to say because then if you're thinking about giving up things. And the 94 Rangers traded for traded five players at the deadline and acquired four. So that was the best team in hockey, not a team that's yeah in but, second place right now. But or, again, that was that was Mike Keenan's work, and he was he was grit, 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 and he didn't yeah. care for skill. And thankfully, Brian Leach played his ass off the way that he did. Him and Mark Messier scored over 60 points together. I think 65 points to be exact. I think Messier had 31 and Leach at 34. I know Leach at 34 for a fact. But yeah. um, this is a good one right here. I mean, I, Ricard Raquel would be great, um, AZ. I, he would be really good uh, for you know this team. He's got center and right wing versatility. That's why uh, Arthur Staple, that's why I said before, I, I think the Ducks are a team to look at. I, I, I think they're free-falling. I think they're a young team. I don't think they're going to be able to overcome the obstacles that they overcome. If they do, great, great. Then I, Dallas Eakins is their head coach, right? So, I mean, if, if Dallas Eakins ends up getting them to do that, then, yeah, I mean. Dallas Eakins, also known as David Tennant. Um, oh, yeah, because, yeah. They, they, they look exactly like yeah. Uh, Rich, Rich, I love that comment right there. And Rick, you're right that we don't have the grinders to make around the playoffs. Uh, the Rangers do have a guy that could really help them out. Problem is, Sammy Blay is injured. If if they make the playoffs, there is a possible chance he could make it back by then. Um, 
I'm not sure um, if they will or not, but yeah, I, ooh, <laughs> an interesting comment from Gene, um, from AZ. The Ducks are at MSG March 15th. Be easy for Raquel to switch locker rooms after the game. Yeah. So, uh, I think I can answer this question. Well, first, uh, this quote is great. I'm not going to read it out loud, but... Yeah, I saw that before. Yeah. However, uh, what was the last trade made between the Anaheim Ducks and the New York Rangers? I don't know. Can you name it? The Rangers and the Anaheim Ducks have actually made a trade? Yep. Hmm. I think they've made a few, but I I think I can name the last one. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Dave Carpenter, was it? Nope. No. Uh, Much more recent. Much more recent. And he wasn't on Anaheim very long. Oh, I know it. Yeah. All right. It it, it was Emerson Eden for Carl Hagelin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then they turn around and throw Carl Hagelin to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Two Stanley Cups later. Yeah. Emerson Eden. Oh, my goodness. I actually thought Eden was going to be okay. And he was a first round draft pick in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, John Johnny Brzezinski, I um and uh I looked at the other night when he had that delay a game penalty, and my first thought was, why the hell is he on the ice for a penalty kill? But Carl Hagelin for Emerson Edom. That was a cap move though. They, it was a cat they, move. They, they couldn't afford Haglin because they had other because they they signed the Super Corsio brothers, as I call them, Dan, Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl to those blunderous contracts, and that ended up screwing the team. So, and not only that, but they went and then they gave Dan Boyle four million a year to try to come in and run the power play when he could instead play. of keeping um, Anton Strawman. Anton Strawman, and then what happens is you then have to fill Anton Strawman's spot. Or, or sorry, with Dan Boyle. Then, no, Dan and Boyle, then they, they tried to fill Dan Boyle's spot with Yandel at the deadline. Yeah. So, so again, by the way, going back to what we talked about with the Flyers before, I mean, you can't just keep doubling down. Oh, Dan Boyle, by the way, Larry Brooks's favorite player. So, yeah. Um. I, I still think that there's going to be a major roster shakeup in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to find out more the, uh, on the, the 21st. If they end up getting Phil Kessel, I think that means Cockrell's out a, lo- a while longer. Um, I don't I, think I, anything later is happening. That... I'd be shocked if I'd be shocked if there's a trade for Shifley. If there's a big name that they land, they go big game hunting. I know they're doing the due diligence right now. I'd be shocked. Yeah, I, I I I think Kessel or Raquel would be the two best bets. Um, yeah, obviously Pavelski and McCann off the board. I think Andrew Cop ends up getting re-signed. I, I, I think, think Mark Shifley is probably an off-season deal, if anything. Yeah, because you're big on Andrew Cop being uh, re-signed by them, and I I have to tell you that Andrew Cop is going to be extremely valuable at the trade deadline because what's one thing they always look for at playoff time? Bottom six forwards, uh, depth defensemen. Andrew I mean, Kopp is probably a number two center on some teams, though. I don't know. 
Uh, and not, not only that, but after Jared McCann just got five million from uh, Seattle for five years, Cop is probably going to get something similar to that. So he's going to be very affordable for a lot of teams. And uh, if I'm Winnipeg, I, I would rather do that and and sign Dubois for like seven million. So this way you have your your top two centers locked up for about twelve million. Because you're going to have to give Shifley in two years, what, $10 million for the next seven, eight years after that? So it might be pay, like nine, but you're going to, yeah. you're going to pay Shifley until he's $10 million or plus, until he's 37, 38 years old. I, I just don't see Winnipeg doing that. I don't. And yeah, Chris, Christy, you're right about that. I'm, I'm sick of seeing these fringe NHL players. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think they they get if they get cop I don't think they're moving cop down to or taking cop in uh, no home spot that that's yeah, be, not happening Strom no, is going to Strom, Strom be playing with Panarin the rest of the season uh, but and this is why this is why I said this 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 term about them standing pat because Rick brought this up right here um, becoming a seller right. Uh, I think standing power would be better than becoming a seller. Look, there's still a playoff team. They're going to make the playoffs and they're not going to be a fringe playoff team. They could easily win around. But then again, the, the team actually has to show up and play. If they, if they come across a team that plays like St. Louis, they're getting killed in that first round. Right. And the thing is, which is the team that shows up is the team that showed up for 57 minutes last Wednesday night for St. Louis or is it the team that showed up for that three minutes for St. Louis where St. Louis just took it to him? I mean, yeah, I mean, and that, that's the problem. I mean, they had that the, the week before against St. Louis where they came back and won the game. I mean, and then you have the, you know, Thursday night's performance and it just, it's too much of a, a, a too much of a sample size to say that they don't play well against that team. Cause there's a lot more bad hockey against St. Louis than there, than there is good hockey. So, and, and by the way, that's also the St. Louis blues is a team I picked to go to the Stanley cup final when we did our mid season awards. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that Jordan Biddington wasn't a total dumpster fire, but he is now. Um, well, now Billy Huso has saved your bacon. Yep, Billy Huso, who was originally their guy. But, uh, again, they, they, they've been trying to not take on guys with term. By the way, I looked up Jake Allen. Jake Allen's making $2.8 million in the next couple of years, but he is on IRR right now. Uh, he's not traveling with the Canadians. He has I, I, I also don't think they want an expensive backup, though. I, yeah. I, you know, they're, they're going to have to cut costs. So if they can cut costs and get a backup that's closer to a million dollars as opposed to a two and a half million dollar goaltender, I mean, I, I just, again, no way that Georgiev can stay on this team at, at past this season. I just, I, he, he needs to go for his own purpose and for the team's purpose. But, yeah. And then for cap reasons too, because there's no way I give Alexander Georgiev another two plus million dollar contract. You want 1.5 million to stay. You're going to be a good soldier and you're not going to cry about not getting games. Okay. I'll keep you around, but there, I just don't think he can do that. But by the way, yeah. Uh, Poppy brought this one up. Uh, Fox has got a rib problem. Lindy's got a knee issue. Panarin is boycotting a winger. Who yeah, I wasn't sure boycotting, boycotting was the right word. But... Passing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty funny, actually, because it, they, I mean, it, 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 like joking, all jokes aside, you could, you could kind of, well, actually, in a joking sense, you could see them being true. Which one is worse this week? Honestly, which one is still worse? I mean, my, my eyebrows almost perpetually up like this all the time now. But which one's worse? The hat. Hi, Dave. Uh, it, hey, Dave. Have literally fell down out of nowhere or Dryden Hunt shooting a puck into a goalie that wasn't looking. Um, yeah, that, that crease is a, is a major trip hazard there, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that's... Well, let's blame the bad ice there in the crease for Georgiev. Yeah, let's blame the bad there. ice. I have never seen that in 30 years of watching hockey. Ever. Oh, God. And, and, I mean, and, and you know what? And that that's that's one of those um, that, that like Doctor Zoidberg on Futurama. Your your music is terrible, and you should feel bad. Yeah, you're Thank the you problem. Again, Poppy. Appreciate that. Thanks again, Poppy. But yeah, um, who's, Dry, who's Dryden Hunt? By the way, Dryden Hunt should have been um, <laughs> Dryden Dry, Dryden Hunt should have been a goalie. <laughs> with Dry, that name. Dryden Hunt should not be in the NHL. I'm sorry, yeah. he's he's not in the NHL. And yes, we are in Q and A, Dave. Yeah, but, um, it's he should not be in the NHL. He's just like he shows you every game that he is not an NHL caliber player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, Rick, George, Georgie fell because Nemeth threw a banana peel on the ice. It's like they were playing Mario Kart with each other on the ice. <laughs> Donkey Kong fucking throws the banana peel at him. <laughs> See the reason, but, they, but this is the reason why I'm afraid about the big game hunting because I just I, I always have the way the NHL is almost constructed right now is you can have two good lines, they're all getting uh, power play minutes. Uh, you only need one elite defenseman. You don't need two. That's why I don't think about Chickering. Um. I just wonder how this team feels about its defense because uh, you can't tell me that this team if, if you're not seeing how bad this team actually is defensively then you're it's a dereliction of duty yeah you know let's answer this one right now because it's a little bit off topic but it's right there you're um, thinking of the one this, yeah this one that one yeah yeah is this Minnesota's window to make a cup run this year, given the cap hell they'll be in next year with the dead money on their books? You, I guess in a way you probably could say that, but they would have to make a big, big move. And they would probably maybe have to move some assets that they might not want to it's, move. They got think. another season after that of that dead money. Wow. And But um, you know what? I, can you trade dead money? No, you cannot trade dead money. Okay. Uh, you, you you do know that that dead money gets worse afterwards, right? Like in, fourteen million, if I recall correctly. It, yeah, it gets up to fourteen million, so it's even worse in the two years after that. So yeah. the, the the dead money that they will have on their hands. All right, so for this year, it's four point seven four three. Next year, it's twelve point seven four three, and the next two years after that, in 2023, 24, you, and 24, 25, 14.743. That's terrible. Uh, but again, 
Thank you, Richard. We appreciate that. Uh, that's a little bit. I think sometimes the broadcast software just does that on YouTube. I think what uh, Rich Rick is saying he's getting a bit of an echo. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear an echo when I'm speaking anymore. I was hearing it before Rick, but not. Uh... Yeah, yeah. But I, I do have to say this. <sighs> um, because the way that it's it, 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 I don't. I'm still dumbfounded by the Alexei Lafreniere. Zero power play points. They don't play him on the power play. You're the number one draft pick. You're not playing him on the power play. Because that's how you get them started. Keep saying this all the time. They were better off keeping Suter, Dave. And you, buying out Parisi was absolutely the right move. But Ryan Suter is showing in Dallas that he is still a, a pretty good defenseman. I, Ryan I, Suter was pissed. When they when they announced they were they were buying them out, I I, I just don't get that one. I, I I really don't, and I I get like all right. So on his previous, he's only making three point six five million now, and he's definitely worth that. He was making seven point five, and he was. I get why they did it because they still had one, two, three, four years left at seven and a half, and he was going to be like. 40 by the time that that deal ended and that would have looked really bad but i mean and he only had 19 points in 56 games but he's got 25 points in 56 games this year so he, he's gonna be he's gonna probably put up at least 30 35 points somewhere in that range and he's not even really getting power play time like he was getting that in minnesota now he's not really getting that in Dallas. So it, it's pretty amazing to think about when you, when you actually look at his stats. I'm 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 dumbfounded by what that just. Hold on. All right, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what what's going on with this. The MLB banned the shift, really. Yeah, they did. Babies. He's got. He's actually. He's got ten power play points. Sorry, he's got ten power play points. Ryan Suter. I. I don't think. I mean, I know Miro Heiskanen is their number one power play option on defense, but I don't think that. Hold on here, because now, now I want to see where exactly he sits. How is it that they that you can ban the shift in the MLB? You can't. You, you're banning. Like, what's the rule they're going with? Uh, I I don't know. All four uh, infielders I'm cool. I'm cool on the infield ground. And also, you can have two infielders on the left side of second base. Ryan Suter somehow on a team that has John Klingberg and Miro Haskin and gets two two twelve per game of power play time. So I, I'm guessing there's the Dallas uses their second unit somewhat well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Total, total power. Play team time. Like the Rangers, they don't, the, the Rangers are closer to the capitals with the amount yeah. of, uh, and, and their second power play unit definitely is one of the two Klingberg or Haskinen. Uh, I assume probably Klingberg, since Klingberg has a considerable gap or 
has probably about a 21 minute 20 minute gap over Haskin in power play time. So Klingberg is also right-handed shot as opposed to Suter's left-handed. So they probably put them on uh they probably put Klingberg and Suter on the second unit, and that's why Suter gets some of his points. So all right. Harrison's asking this question. Could the Rangers bounce back come playoff time? The simple answer is yes. They're they're still coached by a great coach. They still got a great goalie. They still have a, a good top six talent. The question is, can you get your bottom six better to improve for the playoffs? And can they get top six to to uh, to, a top six forward to to help Artemi Panarin and um and maybe on that first line because Alexa Lafreniere was starting to come out, but. But the Alexa, problem is, is that uh, Alexi Lafreniere the last few games has really not been great. He 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 had that five game stretch or so, give or take, where he looked like he was starting to turn a corner, and then he's kind of regressed back to the play that we've seen from Lafreniere for most of his career, where he's been more of a passenger again. He needs to start playing like he played during that stretch again. He needs to start doing that every night. I get, I get it. The goals are not, the goals and the points are not going to come every game. That's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is that he's engaged. He's skating. He's moving his feet. He's in the right spots and he's playing physically. Um, I, I just, I, I don't get, um, if you don't have production from him consistently, yeah. you, you, you have a, you have a net negative and not even just a net negative, but you have an extreme negative at Dryden Hunt. Uh, as your second line right winger, that's just bad. That's just really bad. Can't have him in your top six. No. So you, your your top six is essentially four forwards out of six spots. Four forwards that are giving you production. And, and this team right now also misses Kevin Rooney. Yeah, they do. They do, but that's that's a lesser problem. I do. That, that's a much that lesser a problem. problem. I'm well aware of but, that. But yeah, it's definitely a lesser problem. The first but, thing they need to do is get healthy. And it's hard to do that when you're playing games. Yeah, got, I, I, I get it. I, I agree. You got two games next week. That's going to help them out a lot. Yeah. And Ad, Adam Fox getting rested for most of that third period against St. Louis was actually a good thing because he apparently needs it. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to arrest Adam Fox, I don't, I don't mind doing it. I, I get why they're doing it, but I don't, I don't mind doing it. Now, do you think Lou Amarillo will uh, trade with the New York Rangers? No. Uh, no. There is uh, – I'll keep going back to the very conventional thing. There's more of a – I have more of a chance with Scarlett Johansson than the Lou Amarillo yeah. ever will trade with the – Lou Amarillo has never made a trade with the New York Rangers. Islanders and Rangers haven't made a trade of any significance, I, I think, ever in their history. You might have yeah. to go back to the 70s. And lastly, um, it just no, it's it's not going to happen. That's just the best way to say. Yuri Niemi was the was involved in the last trade between the Rangers and the Islanders, and that was um, two years ago, right? No, two no, that was a lot longer ago than that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking I'm thinking of the minor league trade. I because I had no idea what those guys. Well, no, it was it was a, it was a minor league trade. It was Yuri Niemi, and I can't remember the other player involved, but I know it was Yuri Niemi was was dealt. Um, 
when, and that was like about 10 years ago, I think almost. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think that'll, uh, I don't think All that'll right. happen. We were actually 15 minutes over uh, what, I, what I thought we were going to go with, but mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take, we'll take, we'll take two more questions. Well, we'll get it. We'll do two more first. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> try to Niami for a sixth. Chris D says. No, I think there was a player involved in it. Uh, I'd have to. And and Mike, it's saying that I don't have a chance with Scarjo. Was it? Oh no, it was. It was a sixth round pick, Tanner, Tanner Lane, uh, May twenty fifth, two thousand ten. Yeah, so that was twelve years ago. Holy shit! <laughs> that guy. I thought there was a prospect involved. Um, well, it ended up being a, a player that was picked, but I thought it was straight up for another prospect. It was, it was like a change of scenery type deal. I thought I remember it being, but I, I know what Mike's trying to say with this. Fox Fox got punished, and Turk put him with uh, Patrick Demuth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, Mike. Scotty's got a chance too. What does right, Gucci and Duran have in common? What What is Duran? Duran Duran, or Dryden, or just uh, in it corrected? I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, that they're scrubs. Is yeah. that it? Uh, Eric Aaron's. Uh, but that was that was. Uh, I'm not sure if that was an offer sheet or not. I think he was. I think was that was an offer sheet. Yeah, but he was traded. It was eventually traded for, but that's that's still nothing of significance. Eric Cairns, everybody thought was going to be the next Jeff Bukaboom, and he was okay. Eh, he Roberto was... Duran. Oh no. <laughs> Hand the stone. Yeah. Hand the stone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, you can say that about Dryden Hunt, too. Yeah, Julian Gucci, who would I yeah. like to draft in the first round and the second? I, I mean, it's a little too early to tell because we don't know where they're going to where they're gonna place. I would hope Brad Lambert would fall to them, but I, I have this like strange feeling that Brad Lambert would fall to the Islanders. But if Brad Lambert falls to the Rangers, I would take Brad Lambert in a heartbeat. You know what? I actually, I, I, I apologize to the boxing fans. I, I I confused Roberto Duran and Arturo Gatti for a second. And uh, how do you do that? Well, because I was trying to remember which guy got choked to death by his girlfriend. So uh, I I got to see that movie, uh, Hands of Stone. By the way, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm, I'm looking at this comment from Poppy. Yeah, Tony Hoffman is definitely not available. I can tell no, you, no, no. Not I think what he's also—I think what he's actually asking is—is is Brandon Hoffman available for the Rangers? Oh, is he? Uh, 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 ooh, is he available for the Rangers to play this year? I thought you were talking about a trade. My apologies. Then um, that's one yeah, of the questions I, I have. I do, I don't think he'll play for the Rangers this year. I would love to. Uh, I would love to get the. Uh, I would love to get Brian Brendan Othman into the lineup to see what he could do because I I I I can't see that him not being better than Dryden Hunt at this point. 
It's like you I can't see you it. better not being better than Dry Hunt at that point. <laughs> oh I, my God. There's I, I understand so sometimes when you just see one play and go, that's that guy. But you could always th- I, I say to you, Mark Sanchez, what's the one play that goes to your mind? Butt fumble. And after that, no Jet yes. fan wanted to ever see him again. Which, by the way, I still remember driving four blocks in Hicksville. I picked up my friend John that night. It was Thanksgiving uh, 10 years ago. And I picked him up. The Jets were down 14 to nothing. We got to the bar. Or no, they just went down 21 nothing. I think it was. We got to the bar. They were down 35 nothing. I look at my friend Dave who's there. I just go, Dave, what the hell happened? And he's just, he just says, you are not going to believe it, and you are going to see this play for the rest of your life. Ah! Sure enough. Sure there enough. you go. But again, Georgie had fallen down. I'm going to think about that and tried to hunt. I'm going to think about hitting a goalie's pad when he's not looking. I, I, I see you get Phil Kessel or Ricard Raquel. I, I really do. I would love to get Tomas Hurdle, and I would love to just drop Ryan Strom like a bad habit. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think Tomas Hurdle is probably going to resign in San Jose. I think they're going to they're going to up they're going to up their offer and they're going to keep him. Yeah, I think I think you have to. But by the way, Poppy, the Rangers could also bring up uh, Brennan Othman and use him for ten games and not burn a year. But if he comes in, plays ten games, and plays outstanding, then yeah, burn a year. They did that with Chris Kreider. Yeah, I I don't understand how Phil Kessel's not a Ranger yet for a third round pick. That's all they want from him. Forget about it. I th- I think it's they're trying to drive up the price as high as they can, and also Phil Kessel's got a no trade clause. Uh yeah, I wonder if the Rangers are on that. Uh, I I I would doubt it, but uh, again, I I don't know. And this is actually a really good question. Is it alarming for Kessel that he's available for so cheap and no one has put in an offer? We don't know if nobody's put in offers, so don't don't say that because that that's that's not true, and we have no way of verifying that. Uh, unfortunately, we don't know if, um, know if Arizona's holding out for more. Unfortunately, to say this, Romicello, that's I I don't even know what the KHL is is going to be doing right now. Oh, by the way, oh Jesus, and I keep talking about Vitaly Kratsov coming back. Yeah. <sighs> no, no. Well, he. I can tell you right now, Frank Saravalli actually said that he's not affected by anything. Okay. So. And now I just thought about the state of the world. And Yeah, and no, but Frank, I, I recall seeing that the day that that happened on Twitter, I went to Frank Saravalli. Somebody actually asked it in the thread with Saravalli. Uh, hold on. I could try to see if I could pull that. Yeah, up. he signed his ELC that's in there. Do um do, uh, Steven would be able to tell us that. Does does 10 games in the playoffs count? Does that burn a year of eligibility? I think it does, actually. Uh, yeah, because Not Chris like, Yeah, it does. Yeah, Chris Kreider. Uh, let's see. Hold on. I'm going to try to go back. Apparently, Sarah Volley was saying that... Uh, Chris Letang and the Penguins are far apart in uh, negotiations. That was on March 10th. 
<laughs> asking for his diet plans. What? The teams are asking for Kessel's diet plans. Ah! Yeah, because the NHL broke all their business with the KHL because KHL is certainly in favor of war. Yeah. Um... Let me see if I can find it. All right, yeah, here it is. Um, David broke that down for us, but that's and Chris also Chris T also said that. But again, there's there's just there's a lot that this seems. Okay, I found the exact tweet. Okay, so um, some guy uh, said, "Did this put?" to rest any Kravtsov dreams, and he tagged hockey stat miner and stat boy Steven. Sarah Valley responded, Kravtsov assigned to an NHL contract only on loan to the KHL, so he's free to come back whenever recalled by New York Rangers. Yep. And then someone uh, replied to Sarah Valley's comment and said, how do they get him out of Russia? And then Steven said, fly him to St. Fly to St. Petersburg take the ferry or train to Helsinki and fly to there for uh, to fly from there to uh, New York. It's, it's a clusterfuck. That's what it is right now. Yeah. So. All right. But we're going to sign off right here. Cause I got to get this on the audio podcast and uh, get it available on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, I know I should have probably mentioned this at the beginning of the video, not the end, but we are going to be, uh, having a soft launch, hopefully by next week on Big Apple Hockey Podcast, where we're going to have written blogs, as well as we're going to start um, cultivating that a little bit more. We're also going to start getting these shirts available on Big Apple Hockey Store, hopefully within a month. And uh, there's there's a lot that we that we got going on, so that we're expanding, we're getting bigger, and. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's very exciting, but it's also very stressful. Uh, so Phil, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on tonight's game? Um, I, I just hope they win because it just, it, you, you gotta beat Dallas without mirror high skin. You gotta beat them. And again, by the way, guys, thank you very much, uh, for everything you do for us. And, we're, you know, we do this for you guys. And still, there's still a dream of epic proportions because of you guys. So, again, everybody, John, Mike, Poppy, Rick. Um, Richard, yeah. We, a yeah, lot of all the guys easy. that are, you know, even, you know, the, again, in the people who show up in the final buzzer that I see in the regular basis, you know, like your, like your Jack Bagley's, Brandon Vegas, all those guys, um, core python and he's always in our streams and stuff too steven i could sit here going on and on and on just mentioning games so if there's anybody that i've missed i'm sorry you know dave ortiz you know he's a big big fan of our show good friend very good friend of mine but um you know yeah um uh az i'm gonna be there on the 22nd i'm gonna be getting to arizona my parents 50th wedding anniversary is March 25th. Uh, I marvel at that. 50 years with the, the same person, and yet 
I can't get 50 days with the same person <laughs> for the first three years. But I mean, partially because I'm, I'm putting more work into this than I am to any relationships. <laughs> it's just, I, I can't help on that one. But yeah, so I can't, I can't wait to get down there. Um, I'm going to oh play with golf. Uh, that and also we're going to be watching Live Over Par within the next uh, month and a half, which is another, uh, which is a golf channel I'm working on with a friend of mine. So we have so much more that we're doing and so much more that we're expanding. And as one of my favorite videos is where Anthony said, this is only the beginning and it's only going to get better. So guys, thank you very much. We are going to be um, definitely doing the trade deadline show. So that's going to be me and Philk talking about this all day. I think Anthony should be us. with us for that one. I think. Yeah. I think it's a Monday. I think he's off. So. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Tell Bray the owners. <laughs> you got it, Mike. You got it. I'll see him on Monday for darts. All right. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, yeah, uh, I, AZ, I should be able to hit you up when you're in town. So uh, when I'm in town, it, at least one night for cigars. So, guys, thank you very much again for joining us. And hopefully, see a Rangers win tonight. Yes.